this is Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benno. And I'm JP. And just the two of us this time, JP. Uh, Garrett's off in Portugal, is he? He's off on holiday, leaving us behind to, uh, to man the yeah. fort. Lucky bastard. That, those, those, uh, those Grapple books are going far. Oh, exactly. I mean, like, he left Grapple Towers for Grapple Villas, didn't he? <laughs> for, the, for, the, for the week. Um, in a country that isn't, hasn't got a quarantine on it. And I knew that already from my Portuguese neighbours who urged me to go. Does and it I not? just thought, I'm, I'm sure it does, yeah. you know. I'm sure there's parts of it maybe that do and parts of it that don't. Maybe Lisbon. We've mm. had long conversations about this. Mm. Um, and I think Lisbon is pre- was pretty bad. But where um, he's from, um, it's, that's not the case. Oh, so, okay. yeah, yeah. He's, he's all right on that front. So, so, Gareth, getting a cheeky holiday in. Good luck, Tim. Sunning s- it up. I like Gareth. Well, we're working. I know we're we're putting the work in for grapple, you know, making those making those grapple books. Like, but he was he was saying as well, like, and I completely agree. It's like, he, I think he originally was going to go to Croatia. I think it was, and like, there's a, there's That's a two week quarantine from there. I was looking at going to go into, um, Budapest with my mates at one point, and like, it was fine to go as far as you know coming back and not having to quarantine. But if we went there, they were like, yeah, no Brits. If you're a Brit, you've got to quarantine for two weeks here. So it was completely pointless going there because you wouldn't see outside the hotel. But I don't know, from our point, I think we're a bigger danger to the rest of the world than the rest of the world is to us. Yeah. Like, I was talking to Gareth about the... this and it was like, do you not think going to Manchester, for example, is probably more dangerous than going abroad at this point? Not that flying's particularly a great thing to do right now, but I don't know, talking levels of risk... I think we're the, mm. as normal, the Brits are the world's biggest problem, or at least Europe's biggest problem. Yeah, certainly. Then you get into kind of Brazil and obviously US territory then after that, don't you? Mm. Um, I just Florida on its own. Oh, my God. I'm still amazed in some way that there's still wrestling going on in Florida. Mm. I really am. Like, I, I, I've just been kind of going, right, it's going to get really bad now. Mm. And uh, yeah, I'm very much a COVID pessimist at this point. Like, I'm convinced it's going to rip through. I don't know, like it's like they're fucking aliens or something like that. And we're all and we're all like the, that settling population in aliens, mm. and it's just going to rip through all of us, apart <laughs> from one kid who'll die at the beginning of of Alien Three. And really, that was a big missed opportunity. But that's a conversation for a whole other time. <laughs> Is that me? Because I've, I've had to, uh, as you know, JP, I've had to get a COVID test this weekend. Nothing serious. I don't. Yeah. I I've, I've just got a cold. Honestly, I have it. I got, I'm the worst for getting a cold. Like all year round. Like I'll, at least several weeks a year, I'm in work crying in the corner because I've got a I've got a bit of man flu, uh, and I, because I thought I'll do the responsible thing. So on Saturday, I wasn't feeling great and went and got myself a test because it only takes 48 hours for the results to come back in. So I thought, I'll be fine for Mm. Monday morning. Don't need to see anybody at the weekend. I'll just play it safe. You know, I had a sore throat and a headache and maybe a slight temperature, but nothing nothing mad. And then unfortunately, my test came back uh, unclear was the word on it. Um, So because it's inconclusive. That's more worrying. Yeah. That's like a... (laughs) <laughs> maybe some super strain hybrid here maybe i think i think it more means i was doing some googling on it and a lot of people were saying it basically means they lost the test or something went wrong with the barcode or you know you were an idiot and you didn't swab yourself properly because it's horrible like it's the worst thing in the world you, have you had one like i can't remember if yeah you i have yeah. it's i the, have it is horrible and yeah. i hated it it's it's uh, not fun yeah the, the, yeah my gag reflex isn't the best so you know um. yeah <laughs> it, it was 
it's just like you do it. And it felt like when I was there with my sons, who were like 14 and, and 15 at mm. this point. And they, it was like they were toddlers again. And you're mm. wriggling and they're just wriggling around to do it. And it's like, oh, my God, I didn't think I'd gone, but I'd reverted back to this already. Um, <laughs> yeah, not a pleasant experience. Not oh. had it so far, but it's been a while since I've, I've had one, to be honest. It's and like I'm a... back in work tomorrow. So well, it's like a sexual health yeah. thing, I reckon. I reckon everyone should get one every two weeks. Like, yeah. when, when I went, mine was full of taxi drivers. I don't know if they're, they're getting them more regular than everyone else, but it was a drive through one where you go through and it is like the end of the world. Like yeah. there's all these all these people in hazmat suits and masks all stood around. Maybe not the hazmat suits, but all stood around. Uh, and you pull up to to a guy and he holds a sign up going, are you here for a COVID test? And I kind of nod at my head. And then he shoved one through my opposite window with like like a pair of like things that you pick up like dog shit with in a park, like <laughs> making sure he was still in. I was like, I'm glad he was safe. I was wearing a mask as well. Uh, and yeah, I went through all that just to find out it was unclear, but... Basically, the advice was go get another test, and it meant I didn't have to go into the office the last two days, so I can I can live with uh. that. I might even get the the second test result while we're here live doing the podcast, JP. So that'll be I was be I was gonna say if I'm dying. yeah, that would be at that point, isn't it? Uh, there you go. And as long as this podcast doesn't end with you coughing blood mm. on your webcam, Fucking like hell. To, to me at this point, then that'd be all right. No, I'm joke. I joke. I jest. You'll be absolutely fine. Thank you, mate. I appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> please. Please don't die. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, we might need, like, we can't at this point, JP. We were talking before about the fact that mm. doing a podcast with the two of us is a, it's a different challenge. Like, unlike when Gareth's here or, you know, when we had Steph on, you can't, you can't disappear and go for the loo at this point. Like, we've got to, we've got to both be on our toes. We've both got, we've got to be careful and not, yeah. uh, not leave the other one hanging. So. Yeah, think... exactly. Exactly. Because then you're filibustering, aren't you? Like, We've like all we done before. You do oh, an impact review. Yeah. And it's me looking at um, myself and normally a couple of other empty Skype screens at that point as everybody disappears <laughs> off. Steph nips off for a fag. Um, and then, like, you kind of... And, and then you're really conscious about what you're saying because you mm. realise that the people you're talking to just aren't listening. It's just mm. like they turned around and <laughs> faced away from you at a pub. Um and say so your entire review turns to shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, the crippling pain of podcasting there, folks. Oh, yeah. And before we even press record as well, I was saying to you, you were trying to chat to me about like wrestling and stuff. And I was trying to ask yeah. you about your day. I was like, nope, there's only the two of us today. We've got to hold it. We've got to keep, got to keep the, yeah. the premium content for the podcast. Don't tell us your thoughts on uh, on Messi and Harry Maguire until uh, we press record. That's the, that's the stuff yeah. you're hear, uh, but, yeah. ha- Harry Maguire is funny. <laughs> I will say that. If completely expected as well. Do you think he did I it? I don't know how you feel. I, I, I have a low opinion generally of, you know, being a big wrestling fan doesn't necessarily help this as well, but a really low opinion sometimes of kind of like sports stars and the like. So I'm going to go and uh, go out on a limb and probably say, yeah, he did. I don't know about you. What about you? What do you I'd, reckon? I enjoy like the quotes that I think people haven't basically got arrested. I, if the Americans don't even know this is, this is the uh, the Man United captain who got arrested for attacking the police. I think in Greece is the the story. He claims yeah. he claims like some 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 men came it's like and Mike tried Bassett to. Mike football manager, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that with the England captain is like leading the riots. <laughs> yeah, like in, said, a, in a film that I think is criminally underrated. By the way, like, I think genuinely funny. I don't think I've the got that on my letterboxed. 
I should no. Do. No, I should have. Uh, like, there's a lot of stuff that that it's very kind of nineties football. But my mm. God, like the the Gaza clone in it alone is just sort of worth it. Um, and the way they do the sort of Argentina rematch and the rest of it. But yeah, it's it's very good fun. Three and a half where stars. I was going four stars. Did you give it? I'd go solid three and a half. <laughs> like you don't expect the best, but you're very pleasantly surprised by it. Mm. I don't know. A bit like watching Legally Blonde for the first time. Where like you're that. really thinking, I didn't think this is going to be much. And by the end of it, you go, that's great. <laughs> Not like Mean Girls the first time. Mean I Girls was like, is one like that. You know, I think. I think Mean oh. Girls. That that's literally the example I was about to mention. You think it's going to be a trashy shit film. And it's so good. Like, it's re- it's a, for what it is, like, it, I wouldn't say it's a five-star film. I'm going to check my letterbox to actually see if I've rated that. But it's a solid three and a half to four stars, I'd say. Mm. And it's... You know, I'm 42. I'm I'm not the target audience necessarily for Mean Girls. My God, that film kind of sticks with you, hmm. and you realise the amount of kind of um, good actors who do, who came from that as well, and the tragic tale of Lindsay Lohan, obviously, in in there. Um, but yeah, Mean Girls, yeah, cracking show. Which I know, obviously, Joe went to see on the um, uh, on stage on Broadway. Mean Girls on stage on Broadway. That's best. Yeah. That, that, is, that is probably best than going to WrestleMania. I'd say so, and I think he dodged a bullet for that, seeing as the hell of getting out of uh, MetLife Stadium. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Seemed like a nightmare that year. Yeah, and you br- you bring Joe up, JP, which is uh, a bit yep. of a segue to uh, to another of the reasons that it is just me and uh, you on this podcast today. That like obviously, yeah. Probably should give people a bit of a, a status update on on Joe. Um, obviously, he's been gone for what the last six weeks or so. Um, he was, you know, he did. He went away. He went on holiday, as we as we discussed, um, and was suffering with a a bit of burnout from the podcast. And you know, we haven't wanted to say either way whether you know what the the future kind of held with with Joe and the podcast until we knew more. So apologies to anyone who either outright asked or was uh, was wondering why it didn't really come up too much but mm. yeah just to kind of say today that yeah as people probably uh, could have guessed at this point uh, Joe uh, is not coming back to the podcast um, I'm very sad to say that um, obviously yeah. we built a, a really great thing with Joe um, and it, it's sad to see him go uh, I feel similar to what's happened with uh, with Jamesy over at uh, BWE as well but yeah Joe was just not feeling it really as far as wrestling goes which I think is, is understandable uh, in this period mm. uh, you know never mind lockdown you know all of the the, the stuff from, from mid-June all the speaking out stuff and all of just wrestling I think wrestling in general to be honest I think during this period mm. um, has kind of seen Joe uh, feel a bit burned out I had a conversation with him on Friday and you know he's just at this point uh, not really feeling the love for wrestling um, and yeah um, and it is mm. uh, you know over to us to uh, to carry on but yeah sad news I know I'm hoping you know I'm sure people are, are gutted about it Joe's uh, certainly got his fans out there um, yeah. but yeah it's uh, it is a sad one to uh, to lose our uh, our comrades to the other podcast JP absolutely and you know um, one of our best friends mm-hmm. I mean I I work with Joe I'll be seeing Joe tomorrow he's not dead um, <laughs> it's like I'll the James conversation again, it? Work. Um, but and it's obviously incredibly sad like mm-hmm. you know I, for me, we wouldn't have met if it wasn't for Joe. Mm. Um, for people who've met me, yeah, shows, it's true that yeah, it's it's Joe who we kind of went with, and it's 
it's it's sad but completely understandable like there is like a, a really a point where i think if you kind of lose the love and you just you kind of don't want to do it then at that point then it, it's it's something that you know like for us it's sad but we completely understand as well at mm. the same time and you know obviously i'm sad like i say you know one of my best friends and i love him yeah. and it's something that was is um like you know sort of like the highlights of the week for for us i mean it's it's funny kind of it's you, we've done podcasting now for three and a half years That's crazy. and it's it's kind of like an absolute hell of a journey almost four at this point not far away yeah not far from not far from four years and that if you think of the amount of time then you've got to dedicate at points going to shows mm. but also watching shows as mm. well and then recording longer and longer each week mm. as we'd go in and then just <laughs> have to kind of and not talk about work. wrestling that too and not talk about wrestling at all um which is we had to fit it in because there just came a point where we were just like having an hour-long conversation before we were recording yeah um and all of these are like like are some of my happiest memories yeah. like absolutely love it doing the live show in in germany yeah um doing like rev joe um like the rants which I would always have quite a unique perspective of those because I'd be the other person in the room. So I'd normally be sat there with my hand over my mouth, sort of laughing away, trying mm. not to make too much noise. And then I just sort of gave up the ghost on that as well. And all of these things are like things that I absolutely love about doing the show. Mm. And um, I know for us, it was like Joe's forthrightness is exactly who he is. Hmm. and even though we may not have agreed it's just like well, you wouldn't change him for the world because that's kind of exactly who he is as well so for us it was sad knowing that he'd kind of fallen out of love hmm. with wrestling and at, at that point like when he said to us that um he wanted to, to step away we completely understood and we just hope you know um you'll stick around support us too um we've got some plans for the future mm -hmm. um and things that we're gonna do and we're gonna try and um yeah it's it's not a case of he's not someone you can replace mm. either and that's not something that you know we're going to be doing mm. it's it's we're gonna try different things out and knowing me, I'll probably die on my ass. But then, through sheer persistence, we'll we'll somehow <laughs> will through. So yeah, yeah. Um, it's really it's really sad for us, and we kind of knew it was always an elephant in the room in some of the previous weeks. And for those people who did kind of ask and we didn't respond, I hope you understood why. It was just a case of we weren't. It wasn't something we were going to you know sort of force Joe to give us an answer. It's like a, de a decision that he's entirely reached by himself. Yeah, and like we had to respect that for the you know and for us now we can kind of definitively say yeah 
and you're, and you're not going to force Joe to do something he doesn't want to do either. And don't worry, everyone, I've tried. Oh, good <laughs> uh, fucking luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, like I said, if, if his heart's not in it and it's not something he wants to do, then hopefully, you know, everyone's going to, and I'm sure everyone will, you know, will respect yeah. that. And, you know, the door's always open. Um, I don't want to give people yep. false hope. You know, there's you know no no likelihood of that or, or anything. But the door, just to say, you know, and I've said this to Joe directly, the door will always be open for him to, you know, if he ever wants to make an appearance in the future or, you know, if, uh, if things yep. ever change changed as well but yeah for the time being yeah it's uh obviously i think one thing to say is you know it's me and you are going to be around obviously we've been gareth's been on the show a lot more recently and i think that's something that was happening anyway that you know gareth was more and more on the show um as the the main man behind grapple so i think you will you will see more of that um, but yeah in addition to that i think you can probably expect to see um, some guests too, uh, you know the likes of uh, of Steph coming back, who we we might mention later on, uh, <laughs> one of our show reviews, um, and you know some. She's some everywhere well. at the minute. Isn't she? She, she really is, yeah, um, and some other people as well. Um, and yeah, you know mm. we've again, you know, like you said, we've been doing this for three and a half years. Like we've, you know, Joe is a huge reason behind whether I would, you know, proudly say the podcast I think has been a been a success, mm. especially this year. Um, so it is a bit of a, it's a blow, but you know we will continue on regardless. We'll continue to a, a continue alluding to that mysterious Patreon that one day we will put together, yeah. um, and and to our other various plans. You know, you with your uh, with your roundtables and uh, and other shows uh, mm. like that that we do hope to uh, to do in future as well. But uh, yeah, it's gonna uh, it's gonna be a lot more of me and you, JP. Um, yeah, and a lot more of that stuff where I'll uh, I'll tell you off for, t- for trying to talk to me about wrestling outside of the podcast. And our relationship now, JP, is entirely within these walls. Now we can't have a conversation now without recording. I think that's that's the way it's going to be. Like that was, it's quite funny because, like you were saying before, that's what happened, wasn't it? With when we were on the indie corner, like we were, we were we were trying our best to do like a hard nosed Brit Res podcast, and it got to the point where, oh. like me, you, and Joe would sit there for an hour and a half chatting about fucking WrestleMania that happened last night, or WWE stuff, or New Japan, or EastEnders or all of the other bullshit politics we all talk about and then we used to just press record and go hi everybody welcome to British Wrestling Spotlight now let's do our review of Attack Pro Wrestlings and it's just like (laughs) (laughs) all that wasted audio maybe I'll maybe I'll do that maybe that'll be like a Patreon idea or release those lost tapes of uh of the of the off uh, topic chatter that uh that took place before those recordings that's it's always the most important stuff I'd fear a lot of it would be slanderous because <laughs> it, 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 yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. I mm. imagine, I completely imagine that is the case. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny. I, I'm now thinking how the hell did we ever convince Joe to review two days of a tag team tournament in attack? <laughs> like match by match was, as well, mate. <laughs> match by match. Yeah. Like I'm look, I'm thinking that and going like, what did we do? Did we drug him beforehand? I have to assume we did something, but, um, but yeah, also I just wanted to say actually an, an update on the round table. I said at the end of the last show that, um, uh, was looking to get the round table out last week. Unfortunately, scheduling, um, issues kind of came up, but, um, we will be doing it, um, recording this Friday. So looking to get that out, certainly by Saturday. Um, even if it's just me, talking AEW for two hours like that that show's definitely going to happen so yeah um i've got some great guests for it as well so really looking forward to um to doing that 
them yeah people can uh, can look forward to that on the feed and like you say some uh, some other fun stuff that we've uh, we've got planned going forwards um, mm. but yeah you know it's, it feels like I suppose on this one JP it's just me and you feels like Wrestlemania weekend feels like the shittest Wrestlemania weekend but it feels a bit like it you know it's it's the two of us we've got a million million shows to recap uh, I don't know before we get into it I know we've got the uh, the elephants in the room out the way yeah. do you get anything, up to anything else at the weekend other than literally watch all the wrestling because fucking hell mate I am I the Wrestlemania weekends I find quite quite like the ridiculous like and I'll be yeah. watching wrestling for four days straight and I'll be up till five in the morning and I'll get up the next day and I'll be what, trying to catch up on what I missed and writing reviews for posts and then doing podcasts with you. But I kind of manage it this weekend. I don't know. I think it was just because the you know the shows were the way good shows within kind of what we got. But maybe it's this. Mm. It is this period that we're in where you know obviously we're fans at some of these shows, but it's still it's still not quite the same. I did. I found it a slog this weekend to be honest. I had to kind of walk away and like a couple of times turn off live shows and go and watch a film or something and just chill out. Uh, I don't know if your weekend was any different than mine. It kind of was like that. I mean. I had to deal with it in blocks mm. and in bursts and not a lot of it. I, I watched live. Um, a lot of it was like, I was just too tired. Mm. I would try and watch bits of it. And then I'd just be like, no, 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 I'm, I'm giving up the ghost. And it was like a, it was like a really kind of shit mania weekend generally, wasn't it? With just like these low amount of shows and not really any people there, obviously like, there's more people at the Black Label Pro show that mm. we'll talk about them than was at SummerSlam, which if somebody had said at the start of the year, be what <laughs> Black Label Pro book the rock or something like that. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's just sort of really strange because it's the entire context of how you're viewing it. And each one of these shows has a weird, different viewing experience that's going on at them. Mm. So you've obviously got Thunderdome. And then you've got the plexiglass hell of the performance center. And then you've got um, Daly's Place mm. and AEW and these kind of what appear to be a pocket of just a few people. And I don't know if they're selling shows for the show coming up on Thursday, which I don't know if they should be doing. But you've got that one there. And then at Black Label Pro, it looks like, was there 50 people sat very socially distanced? Yeah, I'd say about that. Indoors as well, which was kind of odd to watch. Like, mm. I don't know whether, you know, I've, gone on record i've got a ticket to to tnt show at the end of october so i can barely speak i think that's going to be quite similar but yeah that was kind of kind of weird to watch wasn't it like the the, the fact mm. that the, like you said the we can't bring people in the building but like these indies can uh i mean gcw's outdoors so you can kind of you can kind of let that go but yeah it is a i suppose aw are doing the, the pod people thing going forward aren't they not like performance yeah. pod people but the they are literally i think it was 500 fans isn't it they're gonna have in uh in, in Daly's place. I know they've already been doing it anyway, as you said. But yeah, times it I don't know, Florida, is that a good idea? Uh times are changing I, at least. Exactly. I, I I can't help but feel that this won't be something that lasts too long hmm. for this. That that it's it, especially when we're hitting winter. Hmm. Sorry to come back onto that. You may want to check your emails in case in case just take every opportunity that is mentioned as like just a little reminder for you to just make sure you're checking your emails during it. <laughs> um, but it's such a bizarre period of time in wrestling mm. and um, just in general. Like, so you're watching these shows and 
you're watching the show sometimes when you've got the context of covid or you've got the context of speaking out and there's and i think they are the things that kind of hold you back from getting enthused about these shows hmm. i think i watched more of these shows out of curiosity like really apart from aw which i must confess i'm kind of into i find at the minute sometimes i'm watching these shows out of curiosity and i love watching wrestling hmm. but in terms of like a kind of sense of emotional engagement, I'm not really getting any of that stuff. But in some ways, as I'll speak about, a lot of the stuff was better than what I expected. But my expectations, I should state at the very beginning before each of these reviews was in the fucking floor. Hmm. I had no expectations for the, any of these shows being good. I thought, you know, there might be the worst shows in the world. And somehow, lo and behold, there was lots of all right stuff. Hmm. Yeah, I, I gave. That's up. how I'd say it. All right. I threw a few stars around on Grapple, to be honest. You know, yeah. there was there was stuff that was worth watching. Um, what did you make of the actual Thunderdome? Like after all the uh, after all oh. the talk, I I'll be honest. I don't I don't think it was as bad as I thought when I saw the test mm. screens. Like I I honestly thought they were um, kind of what you call it, using like digital effects to put the, the, when I first saw the photos to put the fans in the stands, I didn't realise there were actual boards and I think it looked shit from the hard cam, which I think they knew as well. But when they went to like the floor cam, um, I think it looked all, obviously there's been problems with it as we'll, uh, as we'll talk about <laughs> uh, and a certain amount of controversy with it. But uh, as an idea, I don't, I don't hate it as a visual. It is very bright and very WWE and very on the nose and they definitely could have been a bit more subtle with it, shall we say? Um, but I don't know the, the actual thunder, the, the elements of like putting the fans in the crowd. I don't hate as much as I hate the the piped in sounds. But I'm someone who hates piped in sound anyway. You hear me moaning about it with AEW. Um, I used to always moan about the SmackDown pop. This was in mm. on steroids. To be fair, it was unreal uh, at some point in these SummerSlam matches. Uh, there, were, there were matches where maybe it like it added, but overall, you know. It just kind of felt a bit dystopian seeing like these silent fans sat there bored in their hands, and you can hear a, a mystical crowd that's that's not actually there. But I suppose those fans over the coming day, last couple of days, have gotten the memo, and they seem to have. Uh, I think for Raw as well, they they did uh, push them to uh, to to react more, and uh, I think they actually gave them specific instructions on how to look excited and mm. how to look like you you're giving someone heat on screen um so yeah i don't know i didn't hate that element of it but there were bits of it that were just very wwe and they they, they can never help themselves just taking it that extra bit too far no they can't um and if they've got a chance to do something that looks very dystopian mm. i feel like they really like to go for it don't they mm. um what i was reminded of during this um when i when i saw it um for the first like watching this show was the black mirror episode of 15 million merits mm. the one with um daniel kalua who um and the way that the audience was like these kind of avatars that were like cheering him because he threatened to kind of kill himself and tell the truth on stage yeah now that's a great episode of black mirror and i think he's up there in the top five even if it is kind of horrible and it's very much charlie brooker doing a kind of reflection on himself in terms of this there was i was thinking it looked dystopian but then i also had the thought of i looked at it it looked like a lot of men i'll say that as well at the same time and then i did and this sounds awful i thought 
I bet there's a disturbing amount of them who aren't wearing any trousers or pants <laughs> during this entire thing. And I know that's an awful thing to kind of assume. Um, but it, it just kind of, it did. It, it, there's still a, it just looks fucking creepy. Mm. It looks different. And I don't think it looks necessarily awful. If it was like kind of big screen TVs where you could see a bit of space of people kind of moving around or whatever, that might even look weirder. I don't know. I'm describing it. It's, it the whole thing is so completely <laughs> unnatural in the first place. So to kind of recreate something from Terry Gilliam's Brazil <laughs> and just sort of like fucking launch a wrestling match in there between like the Fiend and Braun Strowman. Mm. If someone had told us this in January, like really, like this is where you're going to be in eight months time. Like this is like, you'd be thinking what the hell has gone on. And I think somehow we're getting used to it. But let's not forget, this is still this still looks horribly dystopian to me. And I'm a pessimist at the best of times. You know, the glass knot's just half empty. It's been smashed against the bar and it's coming for my throat. It's I'm very much a pessimist. So I, I kind of watched it and I found the whole thing curious as a spectacle. But it was like I'd watched a dystopian drama. It's like when I watched The Lawnmower Man. One of those dystopian dramas that just made me feel depressed by the very end. And it's just like, I, and that's kind of how I felt with this. Yeah. And to be fair, to make it worse, they had dickhead, as we probably expected, and as we pretty much encouraged last week, they had dickhead fans oh, yeah. uh, taking it. There, uh, there was some good stuff. There was, um, there's a Fire Velveteen Dream uh, screener that somebody put up. There was a few teddy yeah. bears, I noticed. There was a Pikachu. And then it got a bit darker with that. I think somebody had a, had a screenshot of Chris Benoit. I think yep. shouldn't laugh, but yeah. And then there was, was to the get KKK member. Th- yeah, that's bad. And the worst there was, I think somebody literally showed a beheading, didn't they? Um, oh yes. Was that yes. real? Like I, I've seen screenshots of that, and I'm. I think there's. I think WWE have have replied, haven't they, and said that like. Uh, they denounce. I think they, as uh, Brandon Howard put on Twitter, they denounced this almost harder than they did, you know, the actual Saudis doing real murders in real life. But they denounced it, uh, and they've got these rules and regulations to stop people doing this stuff. But I don't know. I feel like we've we're, we're literally a weekend into it, and it's only going to get worse from here. Yeah. If I mean, they're opening themselves up to the internet, mm. and that is a dangerous, dangerous game on mm. the best of days. Particularly though, you've got. A population who a large population of the planet who've been in lockdown for months mm. and you're saying to them put up an avatar up on a screen people you know face it very quite clever people are going to use it in some of the darkest possible ways and that was something a week ago i was kind of endorsing <laughs> so <laughs> there, there is a massive level of hypocrisy i suppose i'm saying could you not pick these sick bastards rather than do this stuff instead. <laughs> Not Benoit or the KKK fucking beheadings. You know, I, I, I don't Some know. Some nice I, British I mean, serial killers instead. Is that what you're after? Well, I was on that vibe and I think actually that might well just be opening up the floodgates. Roy Keane with an ice cream. Stick with that. <laughs> multiple Roy Keens and multiple Micah Richards. Um, I was feeling very low earlier um, at the end of last week mm. and I found myself watching a video of 
um, Mika Richards, the Sky Sports football pundit, laughing for two minutes and 18 seconds. And fuck me, I felt quite good afterwards. There you go. So like, yeah, exactly. Um, if you had if you had that if you had him in the crowds, he'd be awesome, like laughing away the whole time. And he had Roy scowling at Dominic Mysterio. I mean, like I think there's there, that's let's encourage that kind of stuff. Mm. Alan Partridge, really, you know, go surreal. We might have to avoid the darkness because the fucking incels from 4chan, any <laughs> fucking excuse, isn't it? Oh, um, yeah. There they go. Yeah, I, I yeah. think they're going to, and I've seen a couple of people say this, it's going to come to a point where they're going to go, this shit's not worth it. Like, they're already on a tape delay. So, like, because you notice that the fans reacting to stuff are behind anyway, so you can't really put it yeah. back any further. It's gonna, they're just going to go, you know what? We've got stocks crowd sound. Let's just use stock crowd video. And they'll just grab, like, Brock Lesnar guy and the fucking Shocked Undertaker fan guy and people like that and just use them. And just just find, like, old clips and just replay them over and over again in the crowd. Like, that's what it's going to come to. There's no way this is going to last even another week because now the incels are onto it, JP. No, oh, four, yeah. four and eight channel got it. I don't even think eight channel's a thing anymore, is it? Four channel got to get involved and it's just going to... It's only getting worse from here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You'll probably get a load of Q symbols turning up as well. <laughs> uh, they love Four. that. You know, they're yeah. to Trump, aren't they? You know, there's a whole... Uh whole thing there well there is isn't there? there's a lot of similarities got the republican national convention going on at the moment mm. and it's got like this entire trump family and it's just the similarities with him and the mcmahons mm. and, and i was thinking on one of my many long walks that i'm still carrying on doing i was thinking is is triple h just basically a hench jared kushner <laughs> where he's <laughs> he's given all of these things to do and we kind of assume he's good because or people have assumed he's good at the start and then we've actually seen uh, no maybe he isn't although he did kind of average this weekend if i'd say anything um yeah i don't know where i'm going with that just an excuse slab off triple h that was for you joe uh, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, completely lost on that now. I well, don't know what I was fucking talking about. Well, you mentioned Dominic Mysterio. We should probably talk. Should we go? We're going to go through the different shows we watched this weekend. Yeah. Might as well. Now we're on it. We might as well start with SummerSlam. I'll tell you what, he was good. Like, I I, I, mm. I enjoyed Dominic Mysterio and Seth Rollins. Like, I, this might sound crazy. Maybe I am crazy. Gave it four stars and grapple. I was, I was hovering between 3.75 and four stars, and I, I did actually go the whole four. Uh, honestly... This was a really that was a really good match. Um I feel like we're gonna talk the NXT non wrestler match with the with the punter in a bit, which was also surprisingly good. But this one particularly, I just thought like I think Dominic Mysterio was really because he was the underdog in the match, I didn't have, you know, as many problems as I, as I did with the NXT match that I'll mention later that I did enjoy, but I don't know, the way it was laid out kinda of made the, the pro wrestler look a bit silly a lot of the time. Dominic as the underdog no. was fine. And Seth Rollins did some of the best work I feel like I've seen him do in a while. I mean, if Gareth was here, he probably, you know, he's uh, he's with me in the uh, the Seth Rollins hate brigade. He's, uh, you know, we could pro- probably give us uh, all the reasons why I'm wrong on this. But I thought I thought Seth was good in the match. I thought Rey Mysterio was brilliant as the as the coach on the outside of the ring. And like it, it felt both kayfabe and... Um, 
I don't know, maybe a little bit of shoot there as well, where it did feel like where Dominic wasn't selling. Like there was a point where he was mm. sprint. He, he took a beat down and he started sprinting around the ring, and you could tell Ray was like, "Slow down, sell." <laughs> He's like giving him like little tips, like a like a proud dad at the side of the football pitch, watching like the under twelves. Uh, that's that's what it felt like. Um, but yeah, I, I like the dynamic of it. I thought Dominic looked all right. Is is gear made him look like? Is it Archangel Davino? Is that his name? Or, or you know those type type of dudes in Mexico, like the little hoodie, full body uh, yeah. gear, that type of stuff. Like he, he, you know, he looked better than he had any right to be. The match told the story. I don't know. I'm, I'm out. I'm out on a, a limb here. I actually don't know what you've given her on on Grapple JP. If you turn around and say you thought it was a two star match, I'm going to be gutted now. But I really like no. it. No, I went three point two five because. Um... And I think it's probably because, I mean, ultimately the match itself, and this is where like, there's a lot of credit to go around on this. I say 3.25, that's that's much more than I thought it was going to be. And oh. all I had to go on was like the promo package before it. And I was like, oh God, like that mm. whole eye shit, all that stuff. I was like, oh, I'm not looking forward to this at all. It's one of the things you're watching because you're curious about, okay, let's see how you do it. And they did a really good job. And, I found that this was this was better than it had any right to be. Only three point two five, you know, nothing crazily overboard. But I thought Dominic sold really well. I thought Seth, had, even though it was kind of very o, over OTT on the kind of jawing with um, Rey Mysterio points, because it was the it was kind of very much let's let's push the kind of soap opera element to this, mm. which I laughed at. It's like that's what I kind of found myself doing hmm. and it was kind of fun but ultimately like the match in and of itself was you know Seth Rollins as the dickhead arrogant heel and Dominic as the ultimate underdog and everything that Dominic was asked to do he did as well as you could humanly expect hmm. of people and there are people who've been in that performance center for years who wouldn't have been able to do this or handle the pressure now admittedly He's got his dad there, and there isn't like ten thousand people in there. It's a, it's a much different environment, but it's going to have its own different pressure by just how weird it is as well. And I thought, like, like I thought the way that um, Seth Rollins kind of sold, and the way that he would get distracted, and it would just be that little moment of opportunity where Dominic Mysterio could do stuff. I like the Sandman spot with the um, um, with the side Russian leg sweep and mm. the kendo stick. Yeah, off the top. Um, yeah, and the frog splash was fucking class. Mm. Like, it, I, like that was really good. I was like, okay, yeah, he's he's done really well at this point. And you know, ultimately, Rollins won. You would argue in kind of traditional wrestling booking logic, a match should never have gone. How long was it? Well, like, it felt like sort of near 20 minutes yeah 22 i think 22 which even with all the the kind of various bits of bullshit that's a fucking hell of an ask on mm. dominic mysterio that really is that's a hell of an ask and he lived up to it mm. i mean he kind of had the cardio you could tell that there's something there of mm. which i wouldn't have said that a week ago no but having watched this you're like yeah shit Unfortunately, my fear, like in a in a reasonable world, he'd be at that age where you'd be sending him out, having him go places and maybe work some matches in, in Mexico and the rest of it. But obviously that's not going to happen. Hmm. And my fear is he becomes a regular part of the roster too quickly where the match isn't being kind of structured to hide his weaknesses. Hmm. And the things that he does well, like selling, 
he was very good at. And those kind of hope comeback spots, like I cared about Dominic Mysterio mm. rather than laughing at it the whole way through. And yeah, it went three three point two five. But I get why you go higher. I get why you go four. I'm looking at the grapple app now. The average is three point four four, so I am very much the high man. I've seen mm. there, I've seen a couple of people as I've scrolled through giving it the full five. Uh, mostly people seem to be sitting about three and a half, so maybe closer to you than me. Uh, I did float between three point seven five and four, but you know when you enjoy something, you enjoy something. I, I liked it, um, and I'm quite happy to to give it the four. I don't think I think I, I, I got. It was the circumstance as well, though, and the story that we're in, and the fact that I don't know. I'm very partial to the uh, the Eddie Ray kind of storyline from years ago. Not so much partial on WWE's use of Vicky Guerrero in the in the in the years after it, um, but all of the stuff with Dominic and that I did like, and it did feel a little bit like a bit of a payoff. And I enjoyed, you know, Ray's wife, who, you know, she looks she looks great. Don't get me wrong, but it it does feel odd like a woman of that age being with Rey Mysterio and Rey, you just imagine in your head that Rey Mysterio having a son to be honest feels weird because he just looks like a 12 year old boy in a mask doesn't he like yeah. I always find that visual really odd but I thought she was like really good in the in the role that she had in the match as well it felt like the perfect storm though for me I feel like I, I can't mm. see you know anytime soon Dominic having a match to this level and I think a lot of it was Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio on the outside mm. smoking mirrors but yeah as far as like expectations being blown out the water, genuinely, like this was one of my favourite matches of the weekend, and I, I would definitely not have told you that going in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Speak, speaking of favourite matches of the weekend, JP, I mean, I assume Brian Braun's up there for you. Oh fuck me! <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know if it was a positive to say it was only like fifteen minutes. It was better than the other fucking abomination we watched which i don't even remember what, what show was that i barely remember could you remember extreme, rules, extreme rules. Show, wasn't it i don't know I was it? completely off on this okay i'll i'll take your word for it um which says a lot about our investment in this i will say it was something more resembling a match i went one and a half and it's shit i went one and a half as well i think that's a that's a yeah. fair rating no, too yeah. high. <laughs> the the average it, is one point nine on grapple, so maybe with the low man. I I mean, next time Gareth's on, mm. like seriously, these fiend ratings. <laughs> I'm curious. Like, what what is the best fiend match? Oh, the, the Daniel no Bryan must be surely. I mean, Bray Wyatt in general. If we're talking Bray Wyatt in general, like Daniel Bryan's always been his best opponent, hasn't he? Mm. Um. After that, you're coming up with the six man against the shield. Mm, yeah, <laughs> you're in that territory like straight and away. And you're going like, back oh. years as well. We're not talking yeah. like any time recently. Uh, yeah. yeah, it it was it was. I I just watched this. It just glazed over me. It's just like, oh, this is so bad. This stuff. This is proper WCW level kind of stuff. Mm. This and like that crowd as well were very i don't know if it was just me they even seemed for a crowd that isn't making any noise they seemed even more silent than usual <laughs> and almost like they were going through the motions mm. i thought at this point like they like i, I imagine a couple of them I, I don't know like whether they just would have switched over at that point mm. was there an nba game or watch or something else <laughs> or i uh, know it was on a sunday so they should have watched the second episode of lovecraft country which is very good 
Jordan Peele's new series for HBO. Oh, okay. I've not seen it. Yeah. That that in in and of itself should sell you on it. Okay, fair enough. HBO, Jordan Peele, I mean. Best yeah. of luck. The thing is, if you believe some people, Bray Wyatt is like the he's HBO quality, you know? The, the depth of this character, no, The Fiend, it's it's so deep. It's so... Yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> Just, yeah. I, I mean, I, I enjoyed Roman coming out and killing them both. Well, that's the story. Uh, but... Yeah, if you, if you go mm. on Reddit, mate, honestly, you'll see you'll see like fan fiction about Bray Wyatt, and it's a it's a whole thing. Um, but I, I did enjoy Roman coming out and killing him. Like at least we had that. Yeah, um, that was something. That was the uh, that was the tagline. You you won't see it coming. Uh, you'll never see it coming. We got that at least. Uh, interesting. Roman's back. I think. I suppose maybe he's feeling more comfortable with uh, with doing WWE mm. shows. Uh, the raw rating today clocked uh, above 2 million so you know maybe you can take some responsibility for that as well uh, I don't know uh, in a time where there's no stars I understand like uh, a, a Roman coming back and maybe juicing up some interest I don't want to see him against Braun or Bray Wyatt but you know uh, it was uh, it was definitely a, a bit of a shock um, anyone who thinks they're going to be pushing him as a heel going forward though I don't know I've seen I've seen Mm. I've seen that talk, um, but coming out of this weekend, including Monday, I can't. Uh, I can't see that. It's always we've spoken about it before <laughs> for years um, on this show. Like we we kind of think that him and the Usos as mm. part of some kind of like his own faction that that kind of as a top heel faction would be something that would just really work, mm. and you could have some really good stuff out of that. Um, when they were like Roman Reigns is back. And I was just like, I'm sure I've heard that at least four or five times over the last few years. Maybe I haven't. Maybe there's a Mandela effect going on with it. I wasn't surprised. I mean, I was surprised in the sense I just thought, Jesus, is it is it getting that much better in, in Florida? Has he just got more? Maybe they're taking it more seriously because that was part of the reason he disappeared in the first place. Is I just get the impression he thought they're really not taking this seriously and I'm going to write myself out of this. Um, but if he's happy coming back, then and he's and he's kind of secure um, in terms of how they're doing their COVID testing, then absolutely fine. I like the idea of him just beating the shit out of both of them. I mean, in a interesting world, and we'll get onto in a bit. Um, although hopefully not in the attire he was wearing on Raw, like Roman Reigns versus Keith Lee in a title match mm. would be something I could actually be engaged with as something different. Um, and really, if it gets both of these two who like, they're just bust. I don't know. It's sat in some, there was a point in time I thought Strowman really might be something that kind of crosses over, mm. but like that appears to have gone. It just appears like the, the character itself is just, I, I could care less at this point because the real story behind Braun Strowman is that he's tall and big. That's <laughs> basically it. Um, but if it takes them two out and it puts at least Roman Reigns can have good matches, you might get something a bit more interesting. But yeah, take those other two fucking clown car fuckers and just get rid. I'm not a child. What is this shite? <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's not a, it's not one for me either. Like, uh, it's to be honest though, I, I thought up until that point, I honestly thought SummerSlam was a decent show. Uh, I. I'll be honest, I did fall asleep at one point during it, and I think you did too. And we can probably compare oh, notes. Was it the same time? The was same it, match? Was it Otto McIntyre? 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> I... When I realised it wasn't a squash like it had been speculated, I just went, right, Randy Orton, and it just gone. Were you watching it live? You weren't watching it live. You were watching it the day after, weren't you? I think that's even worse, that you fell asleep watching it. No, no, it. no. Or were I, you up? That one, I did, like, at that point, I think I was, I did try to watch it. I watched quite a lot of SummerSlam live. It was probably the only show they ended up watching a bit of live. Mm. But when it hit that point, I was gone. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and it was like, I feel like I woke up to WWE hitting that, you know, that the, the, the crowd sounds that they've been using. Like, hitting that on overdrive. Because is it, was it me or did like, they, they really wanted this thing to be epic? And it was just... It was two professional wrestlers having a professional wrestling match. It was, it was, yep. it was a three star match if I've ever seen one. It was just, it was a match. And yeah, I fell asleep in the early stages and woke up, and they were just, they were going through the motions. They were blessing in disguise. That yeah, really, you it? know, they were again. The, the the crowd volume was turned up to twenty, and they were, they were going for epic, but really it was just slow, methodical Randy Orton match with. Solid work from Drew McIntyre with, you know, there's no, there's no holes in this type of match, but it doesn't really feel like there's, there's any risk either. Um, and you know, the, the finish was pretty lame as well, which makes me think that, you know, the, I think they're going for a black side because obviously it means they can, they can rematch them mm. and you get the finisher down the line, but yeah, it was. Well, just... they're doing a pay per view, aren't they? In it's two weeks this... or something? No, this weekend, mate. <laughs> like literally this Fuck Sunday. Off. Yeah. Seriously, payback's this Sunday. Oh dude. my god! Yeah, this is why we leave with WWE because we're the WWE experts. Um, yeah, yeah <laughs> clearly, aren't we? So what you're saying is, mate, they haven't they haven't worked you into uh, to wanting to want to see these uh, these two again. Saying that, I think they're they're actually they're building. Oh, it's Randy and uh, we're going to talk about Keith Lee in a bit. So maybe that match, mm-hmm. that rematch, is going to happen somewhere else, but. Yeah, yeah, you're not saying this match got you interested in a in a rematch or to see more of these two. Like, what do you give it on grapple? Because I can I'm looking now and the average is three point four six. So you know people enjoyed it more than I did. I think I went two point seven five. Oh wow! Just looking on here now, and that's at the upper echelon of Randy Randy Orton matches. Mm. There's a thing on the app. It's like a gamification thing where you can get various badges. And there's one for rating Randy Orton matches. And like a child, I went through and pretty much did two stars, regardless of what it was, just to see if I could do this. 2.75 compared to that is actually a good Randy Orton match. And I'll say, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, there's like, say I feel sorry for Drew McIntyre. He's doing all right for himself. I'm sure if he compared our positions in life, he'd feel a lot more sorry for me than I should do for him. Mm. However... I like him and I like there's you just think uh, if, if it was that right time and that right place, he's someone who kind of in that kind of really big run, there's, there's so much more to him. Mm. Like I just find like on offense, I found him just so much more interesting than Orton because Orton just slows everything down. It just turns into a Nick Bockwinkle match. And he's <laughs> just, whatever with some bells and whistles on it. And I kind of want better for McIntyre. But watching this, while, like you say, it's two professional wrestlers having a professional wrestling match, you're not, I wasn't left with any emotion. And like I say, once, like when watching it live, I'd realized that there wasn't going to be a squash finish. And I was like, right, well, that's me done. And then when I watched it in the morning, I was like, it was fine. But I wouldn't even go above that. I would just 
say it's it's a better than average Randy Orton match, and take that how you will. Yeah, and that's it. And I think we've had slightly better than average Randy Orton matches and slightly worse than average Randy Orton matches and average Randy Orton matches over the last 20 years of him being a pro wrestler. And yeah, they've all kind of been, <laughs> they've all been around that same level, haven't they? Um, that's just all. Yeah. You know what you're getting. Reliable set of bands. That's why they're putting them in there with Keith Lee. Um, I don't know. Was there anything else on the show that kind of uh, that stood out to you as a... Uh, as as uh, as worthy or as far as the um, ratings that you gave on Grapple, I, I did see a lot. I saw a lot of people having a bit of a love in for. Obviously, they were doing the the story through the night with uh, with Asuka, um, mm. and I saw people did kind of rate highly the uh, the Sasha Banks match. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't. I suppose I wasn't seeing what everybody else was seeing uh, with that one uh, either match really. I just thought they were again they were fine as far as matches go. Average of three point six nine on Grapple for uh, for the Sasha Banks match. Uh, any notes on that stuff for you or the rest of the card? Uh, not really. I mean, the rest of the card. There's lots of it that you could just completely just sort of skip through really without it without missing too much. I thought Ask a Sasha, so I went three and a half on that, because I thought he was actually quite good at points first, like first on. The powerbomb spot to the outside looked kind of brutal as well. And I realised that after the first match was just the, the setup with the cheap kind of victory in order so she could have the win here. Mm. Uh, and I, sorry, just to, to kind of build, uh, build, build to this. But I, I don't know. I... I ultimately I thought like the kind of ending at the end didn't necessarily really do just, I don't know, just sort of went a little bit kind of haywire. Hmm. Um, they were fine, but I don't know. It's, it feels like they've got the components to have a really great division there. Hmm. If you think of some of the women they've got kind of across the board and you put the EO Shirai into the mix, and put Shayna Baszler properly in the mix. You could have a great division there. Hmm. And they doing stuff like this, I don't know what it seeks to do. I mean, other than kind of really just trying to cement Asuka at the, you know, kind of Daniel Bryan type role on the card, then, then fine. But um, yeah, not amazing stuff though. Three and a half. Let's not lose, lose the fucking run of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, kind of your ceiling isn't it um mm. yeah I, I wasn't into those matches i didn't to be honest mandy rose and sonya deville i thought was the worst match of the night uh apart from the main event uh yeah at least of that on the of that I, I don't count that main event as a match to be honest um i went two and a half for that uh they mm. they had it was weird they had kind of the grudge elements Although you know, obviously there's been you know the real life horrible story uh, with the, with the two of them, in fact, um, and yeah. the whole break in story that kind of you know the Jim Cornette of the world will shake his fist at that the two of them were uh, were in the same house and got the the goal of them to uh, to save each other and uh, make sure they both got out of that situation alive before they had a match on pay per view at the weekend. Um, but I still think they managed to to save it and they still managed to have a a, a match that felt like it was heated. At least in as far as the feud went, it was just unfortunately the actual work in the match was just fucking terrible. <laughs> like uh, they, yeah. it was one of those where they they tried and like I say they had the hate element, but the actual physics of the match felt like just the worst of uh, WWE Women's Division. To be honest, yeah, I, I don't think Mandy Rose is any good. 
Mm. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I haven't seen enough Sonia Deville to really say is is she really good? And I understand she's taking time off, which is obviously completely understandable. But like they did, well, they were doing a loser leaves WWE thing, weren't they? So, mm. um, yeah, I I don't know whether or not you wonder if the emotion of the situation or like um, of kind of having this match so soon. Yeah, having, maybe it's harsh. Had to, that happen to, afterwards. Yeah. That I could understand if that's the case, and and it's not like it wasn't for effort. And in some ways, because of that backstory, you're wanting to like this more. But fundamentally, I didn't think this was good. Oh, that's it. Uh, any thoughts mm. on, on the rest of the cards? Anything else? Like I say, for SummerSlam, it was it, for for the WWE show. It was it was, yeah. it, it wasn't you know it wasn't terrible. There were there were there were bright spots in there. Like I say, the Dominic Mysterio match is probably mm. is probably my biggest bright spot, and I think it was kind of shown in the, the raw rate in the night after that. You know, God forbid you go out there and have a decent pay per view, then you are going to get people to tune in the night after. But I don't know, maybe my standards are low for the WWE main roster show that shows that kind of explains why. Uh, I enjoyed this more than I thought. No, I'm with you. I watched these big shows kind of, especially like a SummerSlam or, I mean, even a Survivor Series, which for me just doesn't feel special. It's the name that's been around for a long time. But they, mm. we, for me, that's always something they miss out on. They should be using that Survivor's concept, particularly mm. to have like a finalist one as well, because I still think that's a great idea. But I digress. Mm. Um, with this, I again, like I said, I had such low expectations. And really, apart, I mean, the Manny Rose-Sonia Deville match was, wasn't was good. But I've seen them do a fuck of a lot worse than that. The Braun Strowman-Fiend um, match wasn't any good at all. It was shit. But at the same time, I've seen them do a lot worse together. Mm-hmm. A lot, lot worse. So it's just that your expectations are so low. And they create these storylines that I'm not remotely engaged with. And then once every couple of months, I'll watch part of it. And then I'll just sort of shake my head at, at just kind of not getting it. And I didn't really do a lot of that here. Mm. I actually thought, oh, this is kind of all right. Although the tag match, I watched it. It was on. I saw it. I couldn't tell you a thing that happened. <laughs> not a thing. Yeah. It existed, didn't it? Background view. Mm. That's what the is at this point. It's background view. It's it is. Bad. Yeah. It's muse. It's Muzak. Mm. Totally. Yeah. Well, you can go on your runs or your walks or whatever as you do. Yeah. It is not runs, mate. I'll, I might. I might. I might graduate to run soon, but uh, <laughs> literally <laughs> walking before I can run. <laughs> well, did you? Uh, what did you make a takeover? Obviously, this was uh, mm. again the other the other big show of the weekend. Um, again, like a, I'm not going to be doing somersaults over the show, but similar to so SummerSlam, I keep saying Survivor Series, similar to SummerSlam. I just, I, I, it was better than I expected. I suppose is the uh, is the nice way of putting it. Um, and mm. overall, that meant I enjoyed it. Uh, they didn't use the Thunderdome, which I thought was interesting, keeping the. Uh, Keeping the the the, uh, the drones of people in WWE match that uh the that inhabit the performance center, which to be honest, like like I said before, I don't hate the Thunderdome concept at least as far as showing the fans on screen goes, but at least it's not organic no- noise, but it's slightly more organic noise you get with NXT. I think that's actually a wise move to do that and differentiate NXT 
um, mm. and not just do the, the you know the same old stuff and host NXT in the Thunderdome. Um, I kind of hope they keep that up. But yeah, you know, for sure I went into with with low expectations, um, and for a takeover that probably says a lot. I came out quite happy with it. Um, I think the the biggest thing really is the fact that yeah, again another. I don't know if this is the weekend of the non-wrestlers. I don't know if those rumours of um, Shane McMahon taking over Raw um, and, and literally in real life and, and being like the, the head guy instead of Bruce Pritchard. I kind of hope they come true because then we could get like Shane McMahon all over the shows. We could get Dominic Mysterio. We could get Pat McAfee because if anything, the people who can't actually legitimately wrestle were the were the stars of this weekend for me. It was the uh, it was the it was the weekend of uh, of those kind of dudes in the in the vein of Shane. Yeah, I mean, why have a developmental system at all? That's really <laughs> what the conclusion You know what, to. yeah. All of these wrestlers and all of these signings, and it's like they've got such little interest in the vast majority of them. Hmm. Rey Mysterio's son and Pat McAfee, they're all over it. And in their defense, they both did as well as you could have reasonably have expected. And you kind of mentioned it. Like, I feel the same way about this show as I kind of do about SummerSlam. Hmm. Possibly, like, I mean, I would say with the takeover, there is nothing on this show that resembles the kind of great takeover moments that they've had. Mm. So over the, over the 30 years, to quote, uh, what was it, uh, Natalia, that she said 30 years of takeover. I was like, really? <laughs> Started out in 1990, did they? Feels like it did. I'm curious. Well, yeah, developmental would have been a fucking horrific place then, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but yeah, it, it, I kind of felt like this was better than what I thought it was. Mm. But at the same time, yeah, like not really engaged. Mm. And, and really in particular, again, like the main event mm. just wasn't engaged in that with it either. In terms of that fan thing, yeah, it, just because it felt different. And I will say for a zombie crowd they were slightly more animated than usual. I don't mm. know if you noticed. There was a couple of... Yeah, they, they did seem mm. a little bit more animated. And maybe they've... Uh, to be fair, they've been pretty dead for the last while, so maybe they've, uh, they've had a way. And it was the one time to shine as well. They, to be fair to them, they've usually had to do like 12 shows that day or that weekend, mm. so at least they were only doing one show this weekend, so maybe that... Uh, Maybe that got them yeah. going. Um, but yeah, it, it, it does, you know, I, I, it's still not organic, but it feels more organic. I think that's the difference yeah. between... It's hit, people. Yeah, it's people. Yeah, rather than somebody pressing play on cheer sound three mm. or boo sound four, uh, you have got human beings reacting, even if those human beings are directed. And I did think it it elevated the show a little bit. Like like I said, the, the Adam Cole-Pat McAfee match, like that was one where, honestly, if there was... It felt like if there was a real live crowd there, I think Pat McAfee might have ended up the babyface by the end of that thing because yeah. my entire Twitter timeline was just losing the fucking mind for Pat McAfee during that match. And, you know, the performance center crowd but was still going down the line of, you know, pure heel face. So maybe you can say it took away a bit in that regard. But I don't know, but having the, the real people react, it felt quite genuinely to Pat McAfee blowing all expectations out of the water. Um 
I thought it actually t- it turned into a really good match. I didn't I didn't quite go as high as I did with uh, with old Dominic Mysterio. I did give it three point seven five on Grapple. Uh, the average is sitting at three and a half at the moment. So again, I'm maybe I'm just in a positive mood this weekend, JP. But I've gone yeah. a little bit higher than the average. But I would never have guessed I'd have done that ahead of time. And you know, I think the thing that it maybe it like I said earlier, it had that the the Dominic Mysterio match didn't have is that Pat McAfee, despite being the beginner, is three times the size of Adam Cole in width mm. um, and basically dominated uh, the match, which, you know, kind of felt a bit odd with the... Well, not dominated the match, but definitely got more offense in than maybe the first time I should with your, you know, your biggest NXT yeah. champion of all time. Uh, but, I don't know, that, that feels like a silly complaint because of how, how entertaining he was in the match. Like, the fucking backlift off the top, that, that flip to the outside, like, Yep. For the people, to be fair, and there were a few of them, the people who were pointing out that this is a legitimate athlete, you know, he's not going to shit the bed. It was like, what was the name of that um, that guy in Impact, the NFL guy that impressed D'Angelo Williams. Yeah, I remember how good he was. And like, he, he just, he felt, he got in the ring and it was like, okay, he gets it, he moves like a wrestler. Like, maybe McAfee was a little bit more awkward than that, but he moved enough like a wrestler and he clearly clearly you know knew what he was doing in there and clearly you mm. know he was in the right spots for most of the match you know it felt like adam cole had to guide him a little bit but overall he was in there and he was willing to similar to shane just do some crazy shit to to get himself yeah. over um and yet it the, the sum of those parts was was just way more than than i ever would have expected yeah uh same here it's, it, I, I gave it 3.25 which is exactly the same as the um, <laughs> Dominic Mysterio match. I think that was like, okay, I, what is my bar for the first time a match? And... I don't know. Shane McMahon's got, must have a high bar. Have you never given Shane more than 3.25? Oh, I have. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, he is the bar for that one, isn't he? <laughs> I, I, I gave him four with his match at Miz at WrestleMania. Okay. I know. Was it Mania? It was at Mania they had their match. I think so, yeah. Yeah. I like, I like just because we were laughing and it had Miz's dad in it. <laughs> like he was like that in and he in and of himself was worthy of a star. Yeah, where's he? he? He should be. He should be. Well, actually, should he be anywhere near that place at the minute? <laughs> s- s- he should be staying at home. Maybe common sense there. Um, in terms of Pat McAfee, I I got the impression that like he'd had that itch he wanted to scratch mm. of having a match, and they saw that they could get some little bit of value out of it. And mm. you know, fuck me, he did his job. Like he really did. And in terms you mentioned about that timing and his selling and he would have been carried through, but for a first time he did incredibly well. He knew he he was able to react to that audience. He didn't freeze on the stage at all. It's like he just loved it and kind of embraced it and really went for it. Hmm. And I remember they said about, was it the Stephen Amell match at All In that hmm. he had with Christopher Daniels? And their point was to have a complete non-wrestler's best match ever. And it, I mean, it wasn't really good. It wasn't really terrible either. It was just kind of like, you know, they did okay, but it wasn't really good. Whereas here, there was stuff like, like you say, that backflip into the superplex. I was like, fuck me, that was impressive. It's just like jump up onto the top rope and do it as well. After how long have they been wrestling as well at that point? Mm. Probably been about a good, like near 15 minutes, which is the other thing in terms of his cardio like going that far. And I knew that they had their bells and whistles and, and, and other things like that going on in the match. But for a long time, he kind of, you know, he wasn't there. Like, sorry, he was, he was there. He was just kind of on it. There was, it was like they, they really had thought about the structure of how to do this. Right. 
And I get the argument that Adam Cole shouldn't be giving this much offense to anywhere on this kind of level. But if you view it in the sense of rather like Dominic Mysterio match of go like, this is like a massive test. Can you carry a complete non-wrestler to something that's entertaining? Mm. And you go, he did. You know, he did that. And I'm not really a big Adam Cole fan, but I get that he has a charisma that some people really, really like and feel really strongly about. And that's, and that's fine. Um, But, you know, I also thought for this, like for us as a context, because we don't know who it is, it would be like the equivalent of getting John O'Shea in a match with Finn Balor, wouldn't it? Okay. And that some, uh, yeah, like you take someone who's effectively a utility player at a great side, like he was the kind of punter at the at the Colts, wasn't he, or something like that? I forget. Go with, um, go with Darren Fletcher instead, wasn't he at New Japan Strong Style Evolved? I'm sure he was. He was in the crowd. Do you know he was? And I'm pissed off. Like in some ways, I'd have been I'd have been asking him questions. I was like, all right, how, how much into this are you, Darren? <laughs> Get him on the podcast, New Japan, mate. mate. We've got a space yeah. now. We could have a third, third guy. You know, Darren Fletcher join us. You right, Fletch? Yeah, exactly. All right, Fletch. What do you reckon of DDT this week? You know, you, <laughs> we don't know. You could have a subscription to a Beamer TV for all we know. <laughs> it's possible. He sat there fuming, waiting for a second part for that All Japan Dojo documentary. <laughs> Darren's not happy. Uh, yeah, I don't think he, you know, he'd be good. Like it is. It's like this, though. It's like when... Um, Oh, who was it? I've, def- I've, I've seen... It's like when um, you get anyone who's got, like, a bit more... Like, Freddie Flintoff, I think, I've, I've seen before as an example. Like, he... Do you ever see that documentary where he went around the world, like, trying different stuff? Uh, it's one of the... You know, it's the Carl Pilton round the world, but, you know, insert celebrity mm. type of show. And he went and he did some wrestling... He did some lucha in Mexico. And him, and you'd know who he was with. It was some other cricketer. You should probably look it up because you'll know and I don't know. It was some It was some podgy dude in like his 40s or something, it looked like to me. Um, and the two of them were really good. Like as far as like, they got it. You know, it was like, okay, this is the way you roll. You know, it, getting the, the physical aspect of doing it, it clicked for them as athletes. And you wouldn't get that with, you know, with a non-athlete. That's why, you know, athletes historically have always made... Good wrestlers. Uh, I can see you see you googling this, Stanley. Now, JP, I don't know if you. I think I've seen. It. It. I think it's Darren Goff. Yeah, that is it. I don't yeah. know who that is. I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, Will Cooling. I'm very sorry. I don't know Matory Sports. Darren Goff means nothing to me. Well, it's been rained off the cricket for the last couple of weeks, but there's been some belting cricket going on this summer. I will try and sneak some of that in. Uh, <laughs> it's honestly to God. But yeah, it was Darren Goff on that one. Mm. Yeah, um, he was really good. Like again, he's not. He, he, he doesn't look the most obviously athletic at least at this stage in his life and he was great at it like and it was just kind of you see in this time I mean I'm sure Pat McAfee practiced this match 30 times in the performance center with Adam Cole don't get me wrong I'm aware of that but you know so did Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan and you know I'd, I'd give that fat match 5 stars so I don't feel so bad giving this one uh, 3.75 no I, I and it was enjoyable it was thorough. It was, you know, and when it's done with that kind of level of of somebody completely getting into it, you know, it's hard at times not to be kind of carried along with it, if that mm. makes any sense. Um, and that's kind of how I felt for this. But it was, again, you know, in an NXT main event on mm. TV, they probably would have been as valuable, no? rather than a takeover which is still another further dilution of what was your like your kind of hot indie brands as really as something that 
Oh, there's just no, feel... There was no bigger indie name last year than Killer Cross, JP. Come on. Oh, fuck me. Oh, Killer Cross. You're just bitter, because I mean... he left Impact. That's all there is. Yeah, he left MLW just beforehand as well, isn't he? Bastard, leaving uh, all your favourite places. He is, well, it, the thing with him is, you kind of look at him on the outside and you should like him, shouldn't you? You really should like um, Carrion Cross. In the sense that he looks like a professional wrestler. Mm. He does the kind of intense faces. Mm. He has Scarlet Bordeaux as part of his act. I mean, I'll give you Scarlet it's Bordeaux. Some, there's something that they're really keen on, yet he's got the unproduced entrance and exit. It's it's all so contrived. Yeah, it it all feels like he's both playing wrestler and MMA fighter at mm. the same time. And to be honest, I don't find him really convincing in either role. Mm. And in this, it was a lot of punch, kick, strike stuff. Um. I th- you know, Lee was selling the shoulder for like so much of the match as well. It was really plodding. I watched that on my walk and I tell you what, it fucking dragged on the walk. It really did for me. I was like, Oh God. Um, I'm glad Keith Lee's on the main roster. And like that, that's kind of really where he should be. And I think he could really add something fresh. Although the horror story of what they put him in last night, which I don't know if that's some sort of joke is fucking horrific, but yeah, Carrion. Yeah, Carrion Cross. Carrion. What does that even mean? <laughs> it's, it's. Yeah, it's just not. He wasn't. It's not like he was pulling up trees at anywhere in his career. Mm. It wasn't like he was so good in AAA that he had to get noticed, or in Impact, mm. or in MLW. Mm. He just is someone who kind of has a presence, but then. In a strange way, Van Hammer had a presence. <laughs> Did he? That, in 1991. Okay, not, not yes. in the flock, but, but earlier on. Okay, I'll give not you that. in the flock. Even I knew I was like, oh, this, I'm fearing for this company now. Um, <laughs> but like with with him, it, it's it's they're gonna go with it. They're gonna push it. I just can't see it connecting because it's when the bell rings. Yeah, it's just. There isn't. I don't, I don't think there's enough intensity in his strikes. Mm. He just appears to be trying to show me his teeth mm. the whole time, and he's proud of them. Yeah, you've got a great set of gnashes, mate. Now, can you wrestle? Like that's what a lot of this kind of stuff is. Mm. And I just, yeah, I, I, yeah, like this match. I think I went two and a half on it, and I was like, bloody hell! Like I know Keith Lee's better than this, but it kind of said like kind of drag him to there. Was there reports of an injury as well at some point? I believe so, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> when did that happen? Do you have any idea? No. Does it matter? At some point in the fucking 20 minutes that should have been 10, that's when it happened. Because uh, yeah. that, you can't, you can't, like, you look at, like, the list of NXT champions and it's like, I haven't loved everyone, but, you know, the, it's, a, it's a certain kind of guy, isn't it? it? You know, from Keith Lee to Adam Cole to Gargano and Champa, you know, Alistair Black, Cian Armas. Just going down the list now, you know, uh, maybe not Bobby Roode, <laughs> but like yeah. those those kind of dudes. Where's he? Is he still around these pa- days? Uh, not anymore. Uh, yeah, the Finn Balor's, the Kevin Owens of the world, but it was always usually the indie name. And I feel like if Triple H even still has a say, fucking down there, we've moved to a we have we have moved to a different era, the TV era of of NXT. 
I think this is a sign it's not, we already know it's not going to be that, but it's not going to be that. Because um, like you said, you know, what we're all... To be fair to Karrion Cross, I understand now why we're so desperate to get out of uh, Impact because oh, yeah. clearly he must have heard somewhere that Triple H had a hard on for him or somebody backstage at NXT had a hard on for him. Because, uh, yeah, this is feels like a bit of a... I mean, it, it's there as far as the booking goes on the show, but a bit out of nowhere as far as personnel goes to put him on top. And I think part of it's probably the... In fact, definitely the fact that, you know, Keith Lee dropping the North American title earlier in the month or giving it up yeah. uh, and then losing this. I think they just quit, wanted to quickly move away from Keith Lee so they can move him up to the main roster. But I don't know. I'd, to be honest, I'd rather Keith Lee came up as a as a double champion than, 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 than go in this route. And I don't know. I feel like Keith Lee's had like both a, a great week and a terrible week because on the one hand, he's been called up with some fanfare. And, you know, the raw rating's there. I'd be interested in seeing the quarter hour. And you know we can pick up that Roman Reigns story again at some point, and Prince. Uh, but really, we've got like the most main roster use of Keith Lee ever. Were, were you excited, JP, for him to come up with his music changed, in for to to build a match with Randy Orton of all people? You know, so Randy Orton who's going to work to the strengths of a of a super indie style wrestler like Keith Lee. Um, Always. Yeah, and then three to have him just wrestling out there in a dress because that's essentially what he was wearing when he turned up on Raw with his Chris Hero like belly hidden away by a vest and a weird pair right. wear of black and pink shorts. What? He was, <laughs> he was dressed as a cheerleader. Yeah, he, he, that's what he looked like. Um, yeah, like and I don't know. It kind of felt like one of their backward rib style things to do. We'll put him in there with someone who, and I haven't seen the match. It's Randy Orton again, and I think I've done my one match of him that I can possibly do for the next couple of months. But it appeared to be putting him in there with someone who really isn't going to have the idea of getting Keith Lee over as as like one of his biggest concerns. It's it's like yeah, they they brought him up and they're still viewing him on this very nineteen eighties version of what is aesthetically pleasing on TV. Rather than, say, put Keith Lee in there, have him look how he looks, and then you see the spectacular stuff that he does, Mm. which then makes it look even more impressive Mm. in its own way. And he's just not another bodybuilder. He's already already been on telly as well. He's been on, like, two big pay-per-views. At this point, we all know what he looks like. Okay, yeah, I mean, he... Do you remember them laughing at him in the Rumble when (sighs) he came out? I don't. Exactly. People seemed absolutely fucking buzzing to see him and the idea of him and Brock I don't want him to be slimmed down that's the thing is it like Brock was making the motion was he of oh big boy like that was great like ah, yeah I mean uh, Keith Lee you know he, his gear's not always been the best he does wear shorts that look like the fuck 10 times too small for him and he's bigger on the top half than he is the bottom half but he makes it work for him like it's not always a handicap I, I don't know I don't want to don't want to see him. It's a USP. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I, it's I, the I, thing that makes him different, isn't it? As was the It'd music. It'd be like wanting well. Marco Stunt to get jacked. Sorry, I interrupted <laughs> you. There. No, it's all right. As the music's the same way, though, isn't it? It's like that's part of who he is. Uh, I'd enjoy seeing Marco Stunt jacked, to be honest. But um, yeah, I think the, the music yeah, no, thing apparently apparently they don't want to use any uh, is it CFOs uh, stuff anymore, and I think they had a hand in putting a song together, but. He just replaced it with the most generic shite going. Like, just bring bring back his uh, his indie theme. I'm sure he'll handle the rights. You know, get I, him to rap was, a new version. Like, mm. same lyrics. Who cares? Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, it, it's you can throw sad. limitless in there. Yeah, there you it's go. It's like 
his indie song is the song that he should be using. And as you say that, again, another shout out to Joe. Um, like, I always think of Joe singing his theme song every <laughs> time he would come out. And he'd just be start going, Keith Lee, the man of the hour. And he'd just be like, and it's, it's, it's a great tune. It's, mm. it's not a complicated song. But at the same time, it completely does what wrestling theme music should do. And it's him. So it's like the whole thing works perfectly. And it kind of ties into a thing about Keith Lee about like, and we mentioned like the stuff that makes Keith Lee unique is the stuff that isn't cookie cutter. And that's great. And if you're trying to be distinctive and distinctive in a niche, but you're still wanting everyone to look basically the same, you're going to have a massive problem and people aren't going to stand out as stars. Whereas Keith Lee is charismatic Mm. And he's charismatic while he's wrestling and he's capable of some great matches and spectacular stuff. But as soon as you start putting him out there, letting him be Keith Lee, like, you know, ring of honor for shame to think that they had him for this long and did like even less with him mm. than, than what, than obviously what WWE have done. But, but Keith Lee could, one. yeah, oh God, I mean, Keith Lee really could, could mean something for them. And he's not, getting any younger so there is a kind of limited amount of time where you can get a lot out of him but he seems like whenever i've seen him being interviewed and stuff he, he an engaging chap you know who's you know he's the kind of person where you think this is this is someone who's like a i'm not saying he's not your traditional figure figurehead of a company like wwe but that general size combined with his ability should be the thing that Re, that they should be going all in on and I fear that they're just going to tell him to tone him back and say big men don't work like that that's what Orton's there for a payback that's what it is um, yep yeah it's, uh... why can't you be like big John Stud? <laughs> tell me a move that big John Stud did <laughs> I suppose at least it counters the uh, what, what uh, Gareth was saying last week about how you know people get the hot run on NXT and then they come to Raw and it's kind of the same old shit uh, they're trying something different I suppose with them like Putting him a cheerleader's outfit and changing his music and yeah, putting him in with a guy that's not going to work to his strengths. I don't know. Yeah, I think, again, it's only really the takeovers where I'm paying the huge amounts of attention to NXT, but I feel like they needed him more than... Uh, I suppose Raw needs guys. They need guys on, on top, yep. so it, exp- it explains the decision, but I suppose if you're going to bring him in, I don't know, I'll be bringing him to my strengths, but but what do I know? Um, I mean, I suppose on the on this takeover, before we move on, any... What what were your other highlights? Uh, I thought Finn Balor and Tim Thatcher was a decent enough opener. Yeah, the, I did the ladder match with the paedophile. Sorry, with the with the Velveteen Dreaming was a mm. ladder match with Velveteen Dreaming. Uh, I don't know. It was it, there were a lot of three stars across the show. Like I gave I gave Finn and t- uh, Tim Thatcher three point two five. I went three for the. Uh, for the for the ladder match, because uh, it's just a ladder match. Uh, yeah, went, that's what I did. Yeah, I went three point two five for Rio Shirai Dakota Kai. Uh, nothing bad on the show, but yeah, um, it, I don't know. Is that is that is that ladder mm. match rating harsh? I expect there's going to be uh, higher ratings than that on Grapple. I don't know. Uh, I like Damian Priest and I like some of the dudes in the match, but maybe it's yeah. the fa- maybe it's it's purely the fact that uh, 
that that he was in there, um, Velveteen Dream, that maybe soured me on it, and the fact that you know I've seen so many so many ladder matches in uh, in recent yeah. vintage anyway that maybe it just didn't you know three stars isn't a bad rating, but you know three stars for a ladder match when they're all killing each other is probably not uh, not the ideal s- scenario. That's what I thought. I'm at a point where I just don't I don't get them. I don't see the reason for them to exist. It's just like I don't know. It's it feels like like I don't know like an endless remake of a film like Scream or just things in that things in that vicinity where you there's a successful film and then there's just all the various formulas that go afterwards and you're at a point where the subgenre of ladder matches really can't go to any other places mm. for me unless it just start not using ladders which okay. we just what get fucking trampolines why not um, but like. It's not that it's bad, but it's just a stunt show that's devoid of any meaning and it gets lots of people on the show. And I thought, like, you know, the Candice LeRae stuff, like, she was good at that. But then it's, you know, you see, I was expecting it. I just kind of thought, well, yeah, she's there because she'll know what she's doing in this type of match. She'll she'll be able to get into the flow of what everybody else is doing. And... um but it was really, I was just, ah, they just have no meaning. And mm. I get putting it on um, Damien Priest. Is that his name these days? It is, yeah. He looked great in his leather pants in, his, uh, in the jacuzzi after the match. I enjoyed that. Kind of big draw with women. Yeah, I can, um, I can picture that though. Like he's he's got that. He's a bit older. Well, they had him in a hot tub, didn't they? Afterwards, there you go. Yeah, but he's got that goth charm, hasn't he? You can imagine knocking around mm. like your local city centre goth club, and he's like a bit too close to forty to really be there. But all the uh, yeah, all the twenty-something uh, <laughs> uh, girls and boys are uh, are falling for him. Like he's got the yeah. He's, Jimmy Havoc isn't the king of the goths. I feel like uh, Damian Priest would be the king of the goths in uh, <laughs> in that world. Good. He could take up that mantle in that case. It wouldn't be the direction I saw that going. But again, <laughs> 2020, folks. Um, yeah, and, and to be honest, yeah, he's always someone who I've had a soft spot for when he's been there. But then at the same time, he's not getting any younger and really should be on the main roster then if, they think, if they're thinking about that or, or nearer the top of the card. I don't know what they're going he'd, with he'd next. He'd fit really well, I think. I don't think you'd have to change much with mm. him. Like, I mean, he's got a slight indie style to him, like big moves and stuff, but I think he, he's more moldable to that, uh, to what they, maybe they Re- shouldn't want it, but what they want. Replace Baron Corbin with him. Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple of problems solved there immediately, isn't there? <laughs> if you just do that one act. Um, so yeah, the ladder match was that, I agree with it, like it, it was, it was, I think I went three and a half on Dakota Kai, Io Shirai. Um, okay, higher than me then. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. I actually liked the fact that the promo package they use with Io Shirai mm. speaking in Japanese just felt much more like a kind of proper promo. Reminds me of the promos you'll see in Japan, which are kind of not very saccharine. And I thought that was kind of good. It was, however, like ultimately they, you know, if you had Dakota Kai win, it would have made a lot more sense. And I didn't get that at all. And then having Rhea Ripley come back in, it feels like they might go from Io Shirai to Rhea Ripley to then a feud with Raquel Gonzalez. And to be honest, I think they had something with Dakota Kai, but they they appear to be kind of going in there with this. But as the work goes, I, I really like Io Shirai. 
Mm. So, um, and I like Dakota Kai, particularly this, this character, but yeah, I went, I went three and a half cause I enjoyed it, but I, I didn't enjoy the booking. I, I, you know, not for me. Mm. Fair enough. Yeah. So yeah, it was kind of, you know, I don't think there was anything particularly bad on the show. Was that, um, it's just, no, this is the expectation you have. Sam Roberts. For COVID takeover. Yeah. There's something bad. I will say that. Uh, and I suppose that I mean the main event was just dull rather than bad, and it just didn't live up to the to the takeover kind of expectation. Um, but you know, Pat McAfee saved the show, and that's uh, that's all there is to it. Yeah, there, or we'll say as well, they had a couple of new Metallica songs on there as well, didn't they? It's a big thing going on with Metallica that night. <laughs> what did you think of it? You, you're never a fan of Metallica. No, whenever they're like, there's a song like that that leads uh, the show, that's always a JP idea. And when it's hip hop, yeah. it's generally me, which is quite often, to be honest, because I get the, uh, I get to do that. I do that edit JP, so I get final say. Um, well, I know you do, you bastard. <laughs> you're still fuming, aren't you? About that time I didn't use the, what was it, like the electro? Jungle song? music. Jungle music. Maybe electro. <laughs> you do a disservice to the entire genre of jungle music. You I really do with that. Exactly. Electro. <laughs> <laughs> Not 1982 in Vienna, mate. Come on. Uh, oh well. Well, on that yeah, it was, wasn't wasn't classic. It wasn't Master of Puppets, which my <laughs> my youngest son for his birthday. I bought him the poster of uh, like it's one of his. I didn't just buy him a poster for his 14th birthday. But it, <laughs> Dad of the year. Um, no, he. I had to replace his phone. Actually, that was that was a much more heartbreaking thing to do. Android yeah, iPhone. He, he, he started to get into Metallica for this, but they're not a couple of songs that I'm going to say to him, go on to. It'd be like telling him to listen to St. Anger. He's just better <laughs> off without that. <laughs> Did he go Android or iPhone, JP? I know you've moved over recently. Android. Okay. He's go. got an Honor phone, which I'm not even sure what that means. <laughs> but it's a name of, <laughs> name of a company, and he's very happy with it. Oh, that's good. There you go. Yeah. He didn't just get a post. I'm happy with that. Exactly. Uh, Shall we, uh, shall we talk some AEW? That was another uh, big show of this weekend. If I can interrupt, actually, before we move away from NXT, piece of what potentially massive news that's just broken through. Oh. Um, I don't think of it as bad news, but hey, great pun. Um, Wade Barrett is going to be um, making the big leap from World of Sport, finally, and Defiant to uh, over to NXT to commentate. Whether or not that's a replacement for Mauro Ranallo, who we haven't mentioned, and I'm, I'm not quite sure the situation for why he's off. It may sound a bit horrible. I, I didn't really miss listening to him at all. Um, you pumped for any of that, Benno? No. <laughs> right, <laughs> you, okay. You catch me here. I, I mean, yeah, way back. To be fair... AEW. He was, he's in it. I'd say NWA is way back because that's the most recent thing mm-hmm. he's been doing, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, of course. Where he, where he slotted in uh, after Cornette got, uh, got shit-canned. And he was actually... He was okay. He comes up, up mm-hmm. a little bit... Um, everything's the best thing in the world and every wrestler's the best wrestler in the world. Uh, he, he sounds a little bit like, you know, when you listen to like the early 2000s FWA commentary, I always think that's what he sounds like, Wade Barrett. Um, I'm a, uh, he, was, he was a nice bloke when we interviewed him. Oh, there you go, yeah. Uh, it's good for him, I suppose, he's landed he's landed there again. Doesn't doesn't give you a huge amount of hope for uh, the NWA, but, you know, they, they got their weekly pay-per-view model coming up, so, you know, I'm sure they'll uh, they'll yeah. nice to replace him. Um, yeah, and it, to be honest, mate, anything's better than more. I, I will say that because fucking hell, like uh, I, that is one thing. I don't enjoy Corey Graves one bit, but I did not miss Moro from 
from TakeOver. No. I, I miss Nigel. That's still kind of shitty. Yep. But yeah, don't miss Moran. No. And I don't know if you could miss Tom Phillips. Or was it Vic Joseph? See, that's it. <laughs> the that's, worst bit is I don't know either. I've got a clue. <laughs> it could have been either. I want to say it was Vic Joseph. Look, man, it was a generic white man with dark hair. Like, come on. Yep. Talking about medical facilities and the like. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, there you go. Nice one, JP. Goes a bit of yeah. a bit of breaking news there. But um, we probably I'm on should. The scoops, mate. <laughs> we should. Speaking of scoops, we should talk some AW because yeah, we'll probably keep it brief this week for AW because there is a lot of other stuff that happened on the weekend, and mm. I think it was more coincidence that they were part of this uh, SummerSlam weekend than 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 something done on purpose. But obviously, they had the uh, the NBA lead in. Uh, the NBA game uh, went. Went long, didn't it? Um, and it did start a little bit late, which meant basically AW was head to head with Takeover. Um, you know, maybe half it had like a half an hour head start and went head to head with the uh, with the pre show. The WWE put a match on, which I'm sure was just a coincidence. Um, that all that all happened. <laughs> but they still, yeah, they they still you know they did all right as far as like TV viewership goes. Doing the they were in the, what, the top five, weren't they for the uh, for the, the quote unquote demo mm. um, above seven hundred thousand viewers. It was seven fifty, wasn't it? It's a good, yep. good kind of. I mean, that's their normal ish number. Maybe that's not the best. Maybe you know you would like their normal number to be a bit higher, but kind of shows that the AW's fans followed it over. And to be fair, I don't think it was the biggest of shows. You had the big, you had the Cody title mm. match, I suppose. Um, you know, the, I'd imagine they 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 benefited a little bit from you know the end of NBA like lord knows they fucking flew right into the show didn't they they were they were they made certain they didn't give anybody a chance to turn over because it was literally you're in the ring and FTR are already there and oh FTR got a manager now okay that's that's just that we're having a match okay let's go it was no yep. time for stopping no time for anything it was right in the ring so they were clearly planning for that weren't they to uh to maybe ca- catch some uh some NBA fans who were maybe thinking of sticking around on the channel so yeah I think I, I think I saw that Including including them, that meant that uh that uh TNT had I think four of the top five places in the uh, in the top five for the mm. for the night. So you know, at, uh, I think I think it's something that they'll be happy. I think it was you, you. Will was saying on Twitter, wasn't he, that UFC um on ESPN did pretty pretty much exactly the same as uh as them in the demos, which was uh was quite interesting mm. too. And uh, so yeah, not not the worst experiment uh, AW on a Saturday night. I don't know what you thought of that or the uh, the show as a whole. It made me wonder whether or not the long-mooted second show they do, whether or not that might be a possible slot for them. If they're thinking kind of classic 605, mm. and they went down that route, mm. that there might be something there. It also might be a nice lead into a pay-per-view mm. as well. If they're doing that, like using what UFC do with ESPN, and using that for your prelims to build into your, um, rather than, you know, and, and see see if that works. Mm. Um, as a show, like I suppose I didn't really enjoy the week before. Um, and this one, I knew that it was, uh, it was effectively one that I, it turned out to be more momentous than what it was. Mm. Um, even though it didn't really feel like that in the setup, I just kind of thought, are they going to do a screw job finish? I did have a, inkling of it making sense to put the, the the belt on on Brody Lee but I kind of didn't expect them to do it the way that they did it but then like you say yeah they they just sort of went straight into it um and yeah like you I was like oh what 
Tully Blanchard's managing FTR. We've missed a bit, haven't we? We've missed a week mm. where that's kind of explained, where they go up to him and go, look, Tully, we think you can teach. And then they have that conversation. They talk about what they did with Ricky Morton. But instead... He's just got a nice jacket on with the logo on, so it's like, yeah, go with them. Yeah, basically. And I think there was a point he moved one of them out of the way. He did a little bit distracting, but it's easy money for for old Tully. Um, yeah, it, as a show overall, like I'll, I'm in the general consensus of I loved that that closing angle. It was like the the angle that they'd done uh, in December, except they did it well. Mm. They did it properly, and it kind of meant something. Um, other bits, I won't lie, I kind of ended up finding like repetitions, like you killing time on the way to a pay-per-view without it and it's not that it's bad it's just that the time you're just sort of watching it going like uh this is this is okay but i think that last angle probably was the thing that that seemed to really i don't know lift the show to a level better than what it was because i think you take that out and you'd be we'd all be saying this is a fucking weak episode but I think it was just like the way that they did the ending was something. It was like the, it was like an average episode mm. of a long-running drama that you're watching on mm. like a HBO. I've mentioned them enough times. And it's That's not a sponsorship. great episode. It's like watching like an episode of Game of Thrones where it's not necessarily a great episode, but fuck me, the cliffhanger's got you mm. for the next week. And that's how I felt with this show. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I think I'm higher on it than you. Like, I, I'll be honest, I watched, I planned on watching AEW live and then catch and take over later on. But I basically watched the first hour of AEW with maybe a little mm. bit extra of it in split screen with uh, with SummerSlam, which again wasn't really. It didn't. Really, I was trying to make. I was trying take to force to, with Takeover. Sorry, I was trying to force myself to to make it feel like WrestleMania weekend when you know Takeover was head to head with ROH mm. or whatever it wasn't. It wasn't really quite the same, mate. Um, I, I don't know. Mm. I, I maybe I had lower expectation because of the car going in, um, and maybe because of uh, Cody and Brody Lee being so effective i think maybe i've got a maybe a more positive outlook on the show i thought it was a good show i thought the um to be honest i, I think i you know like you completely agree with you they went straight to ftr in the ring and they did the Tully promo later on and the Tully promo was great uh including mm. the bit little tease with hangman page as well uh i would have done that the other way around and i feel like an easy solution to that would have been just to do the book six man do the elite six man first you know the the elite versus the the dark order yeah. six man throw that out and let I know that would they're not really squashes those matches but one side is very much the star and the other side isn't. Um, mm. But I would I, th- I feel like that might have grabbed people a little bit more if you'd have just led out with that because I really enjoyed that on the show I thought that was a a good little TV match I went three point two five on on grapple for that. Um, to be fair, mm. the FTR um, tag wasn't you know it wasn't. A bad match, um, you know. Private party, uh, no slouches. They're they're okay. Yeah, they're the the rough. I think is the thing, and I think FTR are a good team to put in there with a with a rougher uh, flyer team like that, and, and kind of drag a a solid little three star TV match out. I just wouldn't have put it on first. I would have put it somewhere later in the show, but mm. I enjoyed that. Um, the Jericho Orange Cassidy angle, like a you know the whole mimosa thing, just feels like a way for. Jericho to not take the fall. I feel like that's just a way to, you know, he gets dunked in some, some orange juice, and that's the the end of the feud at, at all out. Um, 
You know, yep. I think that's uh, a lot of that. A lot of that is is very much the fact that uh, that Mike Tyson doesn't seem to be uh, coming back to AEW anytime soon. Because I feel like that would have been the Jericho match, and we kind of moved back in time to the Orange Cassidy food. Mm. I don't know if uh, I don't know if that there's, there's truth to that or not. Um, but you know, I thought that was fine on the show as well. And to be honest, yeah, you you give me you give me a big angle like like Cody and Brody Lee, and I'm happy. Like they completely they completely mm. ripped off, not even ripped off, but took influence from Brock Lesnar beating John Cena for the WWE title. Like that whole squash where it was supposed to be Daniel Bryan, and he just he mows through him with all the suplexes and kills him. Like, that's what they were going for. And you know what? After weeks of Cody doing these back-and-forth matches with indie dudes and, yeah, going over, but elevating people and, you know, yeah. getting Eddie Kingston a job. Um, and not just Eddie Kingston. You know, doing a... a you know, going over... Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks. Yeah, that's the other one. Getting Ricky Starks over as well. Um, can't talk, You can't call that little that open challenge as, uh, uh, anything other than a success for me because he managed to do that. Had some fun weeks of TV and different matches, which I would have liked to have seen going on longer. But I think he's off. He's filming something, isn't he? With his uh, with his mate, the Arrow. Um, oh yeah. I think this. I think this. Uh, what's it called? It is actually called Heels, isn't it? The uh, the show that he's off doing. Um, not like AEW Heels, the uh, the ill fated fan club. But yeah, <laughs> that's what he's he's off doing. But you know, you got all of that. And then you got this, where it was literally just, you know what this match needs? It needs a Brody Lee to go over strong. I, I still don't love the Mr. McMahon character. I still don't really like the whole Dark Order concept, especially this new Dark Order, where it is just more of a a comedy bit to take the piss out of Vince. But I do like Brody Lee as a wrestler, and I do think there's upside mm. there. Um, yeah, you know, you, you put someone like him over strong and you know do it effectively like this, and you're gonna get me interested, and you know, yeah, the the whole, the the elongated beatdown afterwards, where the the camera kind of stuck with it, and you know, you got the uh, you got the little extra moments at the end, you know, with Brandy Rhodes getting taken out, and the Nightmare Family, and Arn Anderson getting involved, um, and they didn't just cut away from it; they let it breathe, and it had time. Um, you give me something effective like that, and yeah, it's not a, you know, this 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 odd Saturday show might have been felt a little bit throwaway going in because it's not like they, mm. they put any big matches on it other than that. But to be honest, it came out with one of the more memorable scenes of the year and, yeah, one of the, the stronger angles I've, uh, I've seen in wrestling in a good while. And like I said, including, you know, its entire purpose being to get over a stable that I don't even really like. Yeah. And that's... I kind of warmed to the Dark Order as a result of the stuff they've been doing. Hmm. and them being a purpose I'm, I'm still ultimately it's very confusing because it's played entirely for comedy on BTE and I know that's a sort of separate universe in and of itself but it is like if you're one of those fans that you're going to watch both things that can be somewhat jarring hmm. but here just the way they delivered it and the kind of intensity that he showed throughout it as well and it was like you you forget how good he is and actually, over the time, the things he would have picked up in WWE, and then you realize what they've kind of missed out on, mm. potentially, and what they could have had mm. if they'd done something with him, just for the fact that he's from New York. Because, I mean, that's the other thing as well. Is I'm surprised, like, he's a good talker, but mm. I kind of, his emoting is very, very good. Like, just the kind of sheer rage and brutality that he went in. It was like, it was it was like dusty booking. I thought I kind of thought he'd be very proud of that. 
you're leaving the territory for a bit to do a tour somewhere. You get laid out by killer monster heel. Mm. You come back in training and then you beat them again. It's kind of dusty meets Rocky. And it makes sense for him not being there. It, it elevated him in a way that's shocking that you don't see often enough in title matches. How long did it go? Four minutes? Yeah, something like that. Four minutes. The last time I remember something like that was when Hiromu beat um, uh, Kushida. Mm. And in like a minute and a half. And you just didn't see it coming. And you can't obviously do that all the time. But I think for this, the way that they, like you said before, the the open challenge has been a success. Think of the things, like you say, they've gained out of it. They gained a couple of people who were present on this show and featured on this show and, you know, have been featured on dark as well. Mm. They, they've, they've managed to kind of give Cody something to do with a degree of purpose. Um, the new title in and of itself looks nice now as well. It's a hell of an upgrade. And I like the little bit with smashing it as well, but there were so many good things that came out as a result of this angle. Like, maybe it's just me, but Stu Grayson feels like a bit more different now. And I know mm. he's only kind of in a lackey role, but I'm kind of fine with that. And Uno is more of a kind of a talker. I think that's fine. They've, they've changed the look enough. Like, the mask thing in and of itself is never something I'm going to be getting on board with. Mm. And that might be part of the problem. That's still too kind of cult memberish. But the idea that, like, the whole idea is that he gets success and by doing it this way... And I thought the way they worked in Anna Jay to attack Brody and mm. just the fact he just invited her to do oh, it. Brody, yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. What did I say? Cody. Brody. 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 <laughs> that'd be a Bloody sense. hell. Yeah, that, that'd that have been Russo booking at his best. Yeah, attacks <laughs> Brody Lee. Why? Um, but I thought that was really good. No, I've no interest in we'll talk about it maybe in a bit, hopefully mm. not for too long. I've no interest in seeing Brandy Rhodes wrestle at all, but logically it made sense for building her up. And she is somewhat one of those people, those kind of new talented people. And it's like they found a group of them, but to be honest, I pretty much know who all the members of the dark order are. And I would have struggled with evil Uno probably mm. around like, <laughs> so I would have forgotten one of their names. <laughs> so like at this point, you've got several of them, like the Colt Cabana stuff is still there and around. So there's like, there's, They've made them interesting. I don't think their main event, I think Brody Lee, like, and I remember that match he had with Moxley as well, and that was really good and better than I thought it would be. Um, like I say, I, I wonder if it's going to be Brody Lee, Matt Cardona at um, All Out. That's something that seems like it would make a bit of sense. Yeah, well, Cody's gone. I mean, uh, yeah. I don't know how much I want to see Zack Ryder versus you know, former Wyatt member Luke Harper, but, you know, I suppose packaged in a different way. Maybe. Yeah. yeah I don't know. They make you interested in that, though, don't they? Yeah. The way good. that they repackage them. And that's, like, that's that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And that's it. They've gotten criticism for that, like, with the, you know, the fact that pretty <laughs> every major title win in AEW has been, a singles title has been an ex- male and again male so there's a lot of qualifiers on that but it's always mm. xwwe people you know there is that um but you've got to get your wrestlers from somewhere haven't you and yeah if you give them that different coat of paint as much as i don't love the Brody lee coat of paint you know it's worth trying um and we're we're doing it in your way uh, you mentioned um brandy Rhodes there yeah that, that was the other thing on this show 
A lot of people complained about this women's tag tournament not making it to TV. I mean, I think the people who complained have got it right in some ways because AEW hasn't done a great job with the women's division. And I know mm. the defences were in a pandemic and there's only certain people you can get in. But come on, let's all be honest. Kenny and Brandy or whoever was booking it booked it into oblivion before the pandemic. Um, it's a failing of AEW, I think, the, the women's division, to be honest. Mm. But this tag tournament, this match I've read was the best match of the tournament. And if this two and a half star <laughs> final match is the best match of your tournament, then maybe it's, you know, and, and you know, fortunately, you know, some of the women's segments, including a couple of weeks ago, have been death for the ratings. I kind of get why they've just put the final on TV because you do maybe want to mm. try with some rougher diamonds, shall we say, uh, and not put them in the high pressure position of being on TV and save it for the final. Um but yeah, if this was the best the tournament has to offer, I don't know. I saw people, I saw a couple of people really enjoying this one. Um, I mean, I'll say it was the best Brandy Rhodes match I've seen in a while, but I don't think that really says much. I don't know if that's that's high praise, to be honest. Um, I was glad she lost, at least. Um, and yeah, yeah. You know, I suppose Ivelisse and uh, Diamante have got a, a bit of presence about them. So, you know, maybe you can do some more with them. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. It was, it was a match, really. And yeah, maybe a little bit buried away on this Saturday night dynamite. Yeah, and it justified the decision mm-hmm. and the fact that you've said, and it's one of the things we're going to be talking about in terms of the the deep dive um, is looking at the women's division and why it's been that way, mm-hmm. and some of the kind of problems that they've had with the booking and because I think of the of the women's segments that I, that I enjoy on the show, like Britt Breaker, pretty much. Most most times she's on, I I enjoy her and like really enjoy the character, but for the most part, it's it's just never been. And we all understand that they haven't got the depth that WWE have, mm. but at the same time, it's hard not to think they should be they should be doing a lot better. Mm. And if you're lacking talent, then why are you doing a tag team cup? Like really yeah, to find the talent, maybe you know, you never know who might stand out. Yeah, and 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 I suppose for them again, it's it's trial period stuff, mm. isn't it? It's seeing. I mentioned Anna Jay, and I think she's been very. I've seen her a couple of times on Dynamite, but like some of these people, like an Alan Angels of the world, they've managed to kind of get themselves noticed. Mm on these shows. Mm. Um, I've also noticed, I don't think Sugar Dunkerton's with AEW anymore as well. I think he left and then they still used him for Dark last week, you know. I think he's still... Oh, did they? Yeah, yeah. I hope so. Mm. I hope so. Because, like, you know, you want to see him get get those big breaks. Mm. Um, But at the same time, yeah, the the overall, I mean, the match itself, like you say, it's, I say it's the best Brandy Rhodes match I've seen. I maybe went two stars. Wow. Like, I really did. Like, I, I, I didn't enjoy it. I have enjoyed Ivelisse Velez at points. Mm. Um, Diamante, I still kind of, for me, is more familiar with sort of LAX, the later, the, the, the version with Santana and Ortiz. Mm. And I get that there's presence, and I liked how they kind of threw away the roses that were given afterwards to, to wave the flags instead. And they had debt. But rather like Arsenal centre-halves, depth isn't necessarily the issue. It's quality and what you're doing with that quality as well. Mm. And maybe, 
like if Arsenal, and they haven't signed him yet, signing Gabriel, who I know Everton were interested in as well. I don't know if you <laughs> read news now during the day when you should be working. Um, <laughs> uh, like they they need that kind of like kind of real bit of quality coming in. And yeah. I will say from when I saw an NWA, I think Thunder Rosa is a good pickup. And you mentioned the NWA earlier and it mm. does make you wonder what's going on with them. The fact that Ricky Starks had left mm. the fact that Thunder Rosa is there. The fact Nick Aldis has a job with like fight All TV. Fight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does make you wonder kind of what's going on there is there just a deal where they're they're doing it bringing in thunder rose and i hope she does well mm. as well yeah yeah um i suppose on dynamite then the only other thing to mention is uh, eddie kingston's wink i was a big fan of that uh putting him in uh, mm. in charge of a stable with uh the lucha brothers and uh the butcher and the blade uh i hope that means like i don't think it's going to be two tag teams under him i feel like we're going to get hopefully singles phoenix and singles pentagon because yes. they're just fucking dudes on this roster and phoenix is one of the best yeah. wrestlers in the world like I, if, if you if you talk to me about the most underutilized people in aw to start my conversation and i know he's had killer tag matches and the odd killer singles match it's still kenny omega i still feel like if you want to argue against that um everyone on top is ex-WWE guys, Kenny Omega should be front and centre of your promotion, um, and he hasn't been. Mm. Um, whether, you know, that's tactical, but I still don't agree with it. But the other one is Phoenix, because, like, that is, yeah. that's a dude who should be near the top of your cards, like, killing it. Um, and I like them as a tag team, at least I like them on the indies as a tag team, but they're very lost in the shuffle right now. So, yeah, I'm hoping Eddie Kingston being as great as he is on the mic, and he was great in this segment as well, means mm. that yeah we might get a more serious push with them or it leads to eddie kingston pairing off with lax or something i'll take that too uh, but hopefully we get something promising out of that i i'd love to think that to be the case i really would i'd like you a massive fan of phoenix it makes no sense why you wouldn't use him particularly as well if you're interested in demos like I, we mentioned ray mysterio earlier on mm. i mean like lest it not be forgotten that like there was a reason why SmackDown did very well with him. And there was a reason he was pushed. Mm. He was, he is an enormously popular and it may sound like I'm just playing on stereotypes by say, but if you've got a really quality luchador in there, mm. people watch, mm. people are interested in that because that's the kind of stuff that also crosses over cultural boundaries. Like, you know, luchador is a thing that people have heard of the idea of lucha and the rest of it. And you've got, two of the best exponents of that in the world but you've also got a tag team division that is very very deep mm. like you'd argue even too deep for the amount of tv time that they have really i mean you'd rather have a really too strong of a division rather than one that 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 isn't weak but they're kind of nowhere near the title mm. hunt. and they're not really working triple a and i'll just say to you now if you had Brody lee versus phoenix and you had it as a tv main event and you're just like right Brody Lee's going to go over, but Phoenix is going to have some great shit in there as well. You could get him over, mm. like, in, in a night to do it. And it's a fresh face, and it's a young face who works a kind of different modern style, but has worked with all of these guys loads and loads of times. Like, it, it, like, and you think of the kind of marketing opportunities. If you have them as single stars, you can have them in there against each other. How many times have they bloody wrestled each other as well? Mm-hmm. Like you say, it is it is a bit of a waste. And you mentioned about Kenny Omega. The only the thing I would say with that is is that like 
the problem that's with one Kenny for your Omega chat is, on Friday. Kenny Omega in AEW. Yeah, yeah, it's the yeah. Oh, do you know what? I'll save it then. <laughs> save your hot take. <laughs> I'll, even though I'm not meant to be delivering hot takes, I'll try if I remember, which go. I won't. No, yeah, yeah. that's a good. So no one will ever know. <laughs> Oh well, but yeah. So with AEW, obviously they're on Thursday this week. Um, mm. So yeah, good for us because it doesn't mean we're putting the show out on the morning of the next week's Dynamite when no one really wants to care to hear us break down last week's Dynamite. I like the schedule; it should be on Saturdays and uh, and Thursday follow ups. I prefer that. Um, they've got a couple of uh, yeah, you know, un nobody against them like the Thursday is not perfect you know as far as you know mm. y- you're relying on your audience to, to come across but I believe the go home Dynamite which will be live will be in front of fans which again I don't know in Florida whether I love that or not um, yeah, I know it's 500 people I know they're all siloed away but and I know you know we're about to talk about a load of indie shows that, that have people in the crowd but I just don't know whether you should really be doing that in Florida but, the, but I suppose the positive is, yeah, they're going to have live crowds going forward and they are going to have one of one of those dynamites the Wednesday before All Out, unopposed by NXT, who've been preempted to Tuesday. That is going to be a really interesting week to find out what the what's the yeah. ceiling on, at least, you know, pandemic AEW going into a pay-per-view. That's a, that's a real test, that number. For all the, the talk the other week about them closing in on Raw, which kind of isn't true right now with Raw doing 2 million and them doing 700,000. No. But, you know, how close can they get? Uh, that's going to be really interesting. Yeah. How much are they solidifying their base? Mm. Um, yeah, there, there's there's so many interesting little facts. Are they able, especially with that younger demo that they're getting, mm. and obviously the NBA getting that kind of demo as well. So, I mean, we spoke about TNT being happy with them I think they'll look at that and they'll see they're holding a young demo and that's good for advertisers and it fits in with their general product mm. so it doesn't feel like wrestling always has done on TV where it's this completely different thing to the other things you're trying to achieve with your network they're just a standalone thing that get ratings but it's wrestling so we don't really know how to market it and everything else it, like say it's going to be interesting with that unopposed number mm. um, it's just whether or not they can get momentum into all out and then beyond that yeah that's it um moving on then should we talk some of the indies from the weekend again we don't exactly mm. have a wrestlemania weekend where these slater indies but there was a a lot of stuff going on over the weekend um i don't know how much you, you caught of it. i know you were, were you catching up today with black label pro um yes as was i like that was one i mean let's start there uh, if we're going through this weekend uh, as far as indie indie shows go you know, the, the sleeper hit of the weekend, I would say. Um, unfortunately, not a grapple promotion. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to push Gareth because he's got a lot of uh, a lot of other promotions to keep, to keep up on. But genuinely one of my favorite shows of the weekend. And I wouldn't... We previewed it last week and the card looked good. This was the uh, the Eric Stevens Presents Professional Wrestling Show. Um, but actually, really good show. Um, and I'm glad I listened to the hype that I saw on Twitter. The likes of uh, Ben Owens was, uh, was shouting from the rooftops about some of the matches on this show. And I I had a hell of a time watching it. Like that um Anthony Carter uh, sorry, Anthony Henry Ben Carter match was yeah. ag- again, that's up there with really I mean, if I'm saying Dominic Mysterio was in my favourite match of the weekend, I gave that four stars, I gave this four stars as well. If you're talking straight matches, this was probably the best work match of the weekend. Like I absolutely loved it. Like uh, Ben Carter is there is something there with him. He is Yeah. You know, we're gonna 
when we talk these indie shows, we're going to talk Osprey in a bit. And I don't like to, you know, right now it seems a sensitive thing to use Osprey's name particularly positively, but he has got a touch of the Will Ospreys about him. He has got a touch of the the, the pack about him. He's, mm. I don't want to over-egg it, but, you know, he, he is someone, and he's been on our radar since we saw him on those GCW shows a couple of weeks ago. He's someone who really, really could be good. Um, and he's pretty good right now, to be honest. As it goes, uh, he's, a, he's a, you know he's from the uh, what is it? Is it the Jer- Jersey? Isn't it the uh, the island he's from? The island of Jersey. Yep. Um, so we, we're counting. I probably him. slagged it off, mate. Yeah, he comes out with, his, with yeah. his British flags and stuff. So he's you know he's he's one of ours. Um, as we talked about a few weeks ago, trained with uh, trained with Seth Rollins, and yeah, he's really got something like this match. I, I like Anthony Henry anyway. Um, he's got a. I think he's someone who's got. A, he's a really good technical wrestler with a good look who. You know, should be getting more of a shout in uh, in places. Um, loved as 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 what as his horseman tag with uh, what's it called? Um, JD Drake. JD Drake, whose name I should remember from the WXW bowling uh, expedition yeah. uh, last October, where he was uh, yeah smashing those uh, those bowling balls. He's a bowling ball of a man, to be honest, and a great worker himself. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love the work horseman, and I really really like Anthony Henry. And yeah, this was like. This was this was my kind of match. This was your technical guy working over the leg, and your Ben Carter trying to fly, even though his leg is hurt. That's where it felt like a little bit like Ailey Osprey, to be honest. Where he had a lot of these mm. matches early on his career, where it was like, "But I'm gonna fight through the hurt leg, and I'm gonna, I'm still gonna hit my moves, but it's gonna hurt me afterwards." Which that psychology, I know that doesn't work for everyone, but I, I don't mind it. Um, but I liked it. Yeah, it, it was great. It added a little bit of intensity to it with the the chop battle towards the end of the match. Uh, mm. I thought it was a really good showing from both wrestlers. And yeah, as far as the indie shows go, I think that was my my match of the weekend. Really, I don't think I went higher than that on uh, on any of these matches. I'm with you on this one. This one, if I give it a rating, give it four stars as mm. well. Um, I think the preconception I probably had is is that he's a very talented but kind of indie style wrestler. Mm. And this match really pleasantly kind of took me away from that. And like you say about, about Anthony Henry, and I agree with everything you said there as well, I just kind of loved the the fact where, you know, he was just like a kind of nasty heel. Mm. And he just dived in there and he was brutal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I looked at um, Carter and just thought, Jesus, like, I was into it. I was into his comebacks. The things he did between the high spots were were good. I mm. thought, you know, like say, he, you know, he's very very young, and and you could argue that kind of element of overselling, but he was never out of place. And you know, Anthony Henry's been around a been around a while, mm. and like you say, he's a guy who should be given those breaks on a on a higher level. Mm. Um, but I was completely with this, and I remember like seeing some of the hype around for it but you watch this and you go yeah he's more than just flippy do he mm. is much more than that and he seemed to be getting a bit of a physique on him as well so you mentioned yeah, that yeah. pack comparison like you could really see that as well at the same time but yeah i mean this show i loved mm. it's part of the reason we ended up recording later tonight mm. is is finishing this off and i'll just say yeah it's a two and a half hour watch like i thought there was so much stuff on here that i enjoyed mm. Commentaries are to- atrocious, but the show is good. <laughs> do, do you know what? I will say, in the pantheon of indie commentators, in US indie commentators, I thought, fine. 
Like, I prefer them to the GCW ones. I suppose. Sarah from Marty and Sarah was funny at points. I'll give her that. Yeah. They were, look, they were enthusiastic and they were trying to call moves. But there appears to be an indie commentary style that's done with an element of kind of, I don't know, hipster irony to it, maybe. It's maybe IWA Mid-South, isn't it? That's what it is. Everyone's yeah. trying to be IWA Mid-South still. Um, yeah, I don't know. It didn't detract too much from me, though. I did see that of people oh. saying they, they watch these types of shows with uh, with a podcast on the background or something. Uh, I did suffer through it, to be honest. And yeah, it was a lot of fun, the show as a whole. like I, I, I imagine you loved uh, the match with, uh, what's his name, the Bastard Cassidy. Uh, the he's like a little ginger mm. teenager, isn't he? He's only wrestled about a year in there with Tom Lawler. And he's a fucking we're going to talk about a tank man in a little bit but he's a tank of a man Ooh. himself that uh, that bastard uh, Cassidy I enjoyed that I thought that was a, that was a fun little match it was a, it was just a good oh, show yeah. there was a run of really good matches on this show like there was three or four matches in a row you know from the Anthony Henry, Henry Ben Carter match um, through the Alex Shelley Isaiah Velasquez match then Joss yeah. Alexander Lee Moriarty match and then yeah that Tom Lawler match kind of came straight after it that was a run of matches I did enjoy all of those I enjoyed the main event as well, which he mm. appears to be leaving out. And I don't you didn't enjoy that as much. Uh, yeah, Eric Steve, I mean, Eric Stevens is all right, isn't he? Um, is Indy here lacked? I'm not going to get into the Twitter kickoff over the weekend because I think it was a storm in a teacup, to be honest, but it was fine. Oh, I ignore that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know you love the tank band, though, so I think you'd be more into that than me. I love a hoss. Mm. And my God, he is pure prime indiana beef that lad isn't he he mm. really is an absolute unit um yeah i i agree with you there was there was just like this run of matches mm. um of people i've kind of heard about i, I think i mentioned isaias velasquez before mm. he had a match i want to say it was trailer mar and i think you know he was good like just the, the it's kind of a shame the ref blew the finish in that one though that kind of killed yeah. it a little bit for me you could it was clearly like a i think shelly was supposed to stay down for the pin and the ref kind of stopped counting and then they had to awkwardly go from the shell shock into like another roll up uh yeah, yeah that wasn't great it was a good match though oh yeah exactly i mean but then again what were your expectations because you kind of look at it as a show visually and it's like 50 people separated out there's almost as many wrestlers and crew as there are kind of people there mm. but really it's being put on as a kind of television product at the same time mm. um so i didn't like i i watched isaias velasquez yeah like i say for warrior wrestling and mm. i think how i ended up viewing this show was like i'm just having like between this and parts of gcw i've seen which there's a lot of it i haven't seen including mm. the main events or the tournament of survival which oh, i don't JP. know if I build myself up to yeah sorry spoiler alert um i i'm intrigued in seeing it because it just gives you a kind of general overview for mm. me as someone who's dipping in and out of of us indies of just where they are and what kind of talent is out there mm. but there's and on this card generally there's nothing was there anything on this card that was bad yeah i mean may, maybe warhorse but you know even that was fine i <laughs> I would go along with, I don't get Warhorse. Mm. Rather than him being bad, it's just like I don't get him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's just not for, it's not for me. And I'm kind of fine with that. Mm. Um, although I did say that the bloke he was up against, the a very good professional wrestler mm. was his name. Did you notice what, the, I loved what they did with his entrance music? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that was I, I was pissing myself laughing when I saw that when you could just Foo hear fighters. the best, the yeah. best. Yeah. yeah. But it was that on a loop, wasn't it? They yeah. they used a part of it that it was just that on a loop, and it was just <laughs> they kept on playing it. It was just like the comic timing on it was was really good. Mm. Um, but I, shout out, especially as well, a very close kind of second, I think, to that Anthony Henry Benjamin Carter was that Josh Alexander Lee Moriarty. Mm. Um, I. I didn't enjoy Lee Moriarty's matching with Chris Dickinson, funnily enough, for, mm. for GCW. But this one I kind of got on board on board with. And, and there's a lot good about Josh Alexander in particular. Mm. And it makes me wonder if the stuff with Ethan Page possibly leaving Impact at the end of the year, whether or not... Oh, is that the story? I didn't know that. Apparently so. Like there's there's, there's rumours of of AEW, which makes you kind of wonder. He's a Cody type of wrestler. He's the type of indie guy that Cody will see and go, yeah, that's a guy because he can talk and he's got a good look. Yep, yep, he's got a hell of a look. I saw a couple of his vlogs, which were like fucking hell. Yeah, rice cakes and rice cakes and peanut butter, mate. (laughs) Bit of that. Bought some decent peanut butter and some rice cakes. I was like, yeah, this is all right. (laughs) It's not crisps, no, but. At my age, and you're you're trying to like kind of keep yourself in in decent shape. It's like that's what you're resorting to: multi-grain rice cakes and fucking peanut butter. Is there a particular Gosh. type of peanut butter, like crunchy or as the zone I'm... brand or Morrison's? Where were you going with this? No, I mean I bought one of those. I think because it was reduced from three pounds to two pounds. One of those kind of all natural earth kind of one earth organic peanut okay, butter. Yeah. the ones where like if you leave it too long it all kinds of separates because there's no bullshit in it those type of ones like organic oh yeah, ones. yeah. okay yeah uh, I've, made in, I've made inroads which probably makes a mockery of my walking 13 kilometers a day nonsense but there you go um <laughs> peanut butter yeah, and rice anyway. cakes anyway that's that's peanut a thing butter. to take from this podcast everyone exactly but to go on to ethan page if like josh alexander is apparently contracted for a bit longer he wouldn't be bad someone to go with as a fresh kind of like person near the top of the card. Mm. He's better than Eddie Edwards, mm. I'd think. And in this match as well, I kind of saw more of Lee Moriarty. What I thought he's still a bit too flashy for me in places. And I was much preferring the kind of much more kind of hard nosed work of Alexander. I like the fact he couldn't use either of his arms by the end as well. I mean, I thought, I thought that stuff was, was quite good. Mm. Yeah, I enjoyed that too. I gave that three and a half on grapple. Mm. Um, well, not on grapple, in fact, on not grapple. Uh, just in my notes. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Gareth. <laughs> um, oh, what else did I get? I gave uh, Velasquez Shelley three point two five, just because they kind of blew the finish. Um, yeah, I'll be, I'll be honest. I really, I only gave it three, but I really, like I said, I really enjoyed the Tom Lawler match just as a laugh. Really, anytime Tom Lawler oh, yeah. comes out in jean shorts, you've got me. Yeah. Um, what actually in thought... shape as well, isn't he? Oh Fucking my ripped. god, yeah, he looks, he does, he looks Ooh. like a, he, he's got to look that lad. Um, yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's. I just want to see more of him um, in 2021. To be honest, I want to see him in I... bigger places uh, than MLW, um, but I, I'm not sure if we will. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed I don't that. Know. New Japan, you kind of always. He's wonder, got those inroads. Like... I think he's been impressing uh, Shibata, hasn't he, on the uh, on the New Japan USA card? So maybe that'll be his inroad to that. Um, you know, XUFC name, 
Fucking get Minoru Suzuki to have a word. He fucking he'll love him. Uh, that's 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 an obvious one, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I do love him. He's he's entertaining no matter what. No matter whenever I've, I've never also, watched Tom Laurel and not enjoyed it. Like that is yeah, that's a good standard for a wrestler. We saw him working in um in Blackpool in front of about hundred people, mm. and he was fucking awesome. Mm. Like, and he was working a kind of you know not really a stiff style, but a. Him and Jeff Cobb. Mm. And at the time, he was MLW champion. Mm. And Jeff Cobb was the Ring of Honor TV champion. And you thought, this is weird that we're watching this with some guy in a massive Shane McMahon. Um, Shane, what was it? Shane McMahon, um, uh, like, baseball jersey or something That's right, like yeah. that. Was crowd. <laughs> those, those things always stick out. That's the biggest thing. What, what a weekend the, that was. The PCW Blackpool show. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've just... Do you know what was played as well? Uh, I don't know whose music it was. Somebody came out to Zombie. Mm. And zombie. I'm, yeah, I'm try, trying to think of who came out to Zombie. Was it you? During, Is that uh, your favourite song? It's not my fucking favourite song. <laughs> I can tell you that much. Really isn't. Um, yeah. God, Where sorry. are we going? Where am I going? Black Label Pro. <laughs> you know, you know Black what, Label actually? Pro. You know what was good? good. Uh, like under, mm. I haven't really seen much talk of the opener, the uh, Dominic Garini and Kevin Koo against Alexander Blake Christian. Yeah. Like I love Alexander Blake Christian. Well, more Alexander mm. than anything, but I do like Blake Christian as well. Garini and and Koo, like I, uh, I knew Garini obviously from seeing him on Evolve shows, but as a team, first time I saw them was it. You know, speaking of uh, Tag Festival, was it Tag Festival mm. for to XW last year, where basically they already had Dominic Garini in for ambitions and they'd lost half their tag teams because um, it was the Cursed Tag Festival and Kevin Q just happened to be around because he was doing shows uh, in Europe so they brought him in. I really like them as a little indie tag team. We need more indie tag teams to be honest that yeah. kind of stick together um, and work together and like I, I would like to see them again on more prominent shows. I think they've got a their shooter style. Um, I really enjoy it and I think it's a good Kind of, it was a good contrast to Alexander and Billy Christian, who were mm. you know you flippy do dudes. Uh, not a you know a, 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 if I was putting it on grapple, it'd be three stars, three maybe three point two five, but really f- uh, just a nice little opener, really that I, that I really liked on this show as well. Honestly, the whole show was a load of fun. It's on independentwrestling.tv, no sponsorship there, but you know I'll throw the lads yeah. a plug. Um, but, uh, totally worth watching. Uh, I don't know if you had any more notes. No, I I, I will say this: I thought the app was very good. I thought like the overall quality of it. I mean, we haven't mentioned enough about the main event. I'll just say Calvin Tankman really does have something about him. He really, really does. Mm. But it was it was pleasant because we've been quite kind of and we haven't even mentioned the um age like people like AJ Gray mm. who I've kind of gotten into as well. And I will say about Zane and, and, and Christian is having seen them working the New Japan um strong show mm. and they were very like they were much more restrained, which is a much more interesting thing to see, isn't it? When you see them kind of where I felt here, they, they could be obviously a lot more over the top, but they're working hard to actually be a bit more to kind of make it work within the context of a match. And I think that's what worked here is it could have been awful, but I think one of the strengths of having a team like violence is forever is that they, they're going to be quite used to working against Mm. a couple of, guys who are going to be doing all kind of aerial stuff and they're completely down with that they'll slot their spots around it they will do i mean alex zane already is looking like the someone who's kind of being primed for stardom and again i'll say it's it's interesting like very quickly like sort of new japan in particular think 
Catella can think very highly. In another world, he'd be the kind of person you bring over for a soup for your best of the super juniors. Not with any expectation of getting many results, but would really make an impression. Mm, totally. Um, so yeah, there was that. Um, going through these indie shows, obviously GCW mm. had that weekend. Uh, you mentioned there you didn't see a, a huge amount of their shows. You didn't see any no. of the uh, the tournaments of Death and JP. I, th- I thought that'd be right up your street. Oh uh, no! I won't keep you too I long didn't. with it then. I mean, I, to be honest, the only match of real note was the was the was the final. Um, it was just a load of death matches, really. Nick Gage on commentary was fucking great. Like Nick yes, Gage, Nick Gage giving you like psychology on how deathmatch spots work is a rare treat that we don't get enough in life to be honest um especially when he's very on... animated wasn't it oh yeah and when he's on commentary with when like the ohio dudes are in the ring like he is great like because you can tell he just wants to fucking kill them um i don't believe in a lot of wrestlers these days but if i believe in anybody it's nick gage um but yeah like that again it's a deathmatch tournament i'm not going to tell you to go out your way to watch it jp uh it's just it's I should n- stress I heard his commentary from the Jersey Shores show because he yeah, came and did that as well. Yeah, I'm. You weren't watching it on the sly then, no? No, I, <laughs> I, 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 I might be tempted into watching the main event for next week. I don't know why, just because I'm a masochist at heart. It but, was the yeah. best example. I mean, Alex Cole on Schlatt was a was a decent. A little death match on the show as well. I'm not. I don't think I'm going to sell you on it. But like the main events, genuinely, um, Alex Colin and, and Ricky Shane Page. I, again, I don't think Ricky Shane Page is a good wrestler. I know I gave one of his matches four and a half stars earlier in the year, and I got caught hell for it from you and Joe. And realistically, it was probably more a four four point two five star match. Maybe I was just yeah. troll, trolling Joe. I just really enjoyed it to be honest at the time. I, I don't care. Um, out of stubbornness, I'm, I don't think I'll ever change that rating. Uh, it was certainly not a the 0. heart 0. likes what the heart likes man. yeah it certainly wasn't a 0.25 match I will say but like this was a second match that he was in that I really enjoyed again like Ricky Shane Page is the the heel because uh, GCW get grief for being you know like IWA Mid-South in the past and the other indies they're not they're not really telling stories. They're just throwing shit out. Whatever works, works. You'll get a, a rando comedy match with Joey Janela wrestling a doll and you'll get a great flippy match with Alex Zane and you'll get, you know, ACH in a bit of a low-key indie dream match and you you just get shit thrown at a, roll, at a wall, really, with GCW. But, you know, obviously the death matches are their bread and butter, but this RSP story, it has, like, it's really centred the promotion. And yeah, whether you, you know, you rate him or not, and I must stress, I don't. Like, he's really good in the role. He is, like, so maybe I do rate him. But he's really good. Yeah. He's really good as, like, he just sticks to the bit as the fucking hated outsider heel that doesn't want any cheers. And even though he's working deathmatch style, he's working that style as a heel as well. Like, it's effective. And, you know, his matches aren't always great. I mean, mostly they're pretty bad. But when it comes to stuff like this, because basically, like, really the story was him getting his comeuppance. And, you know, it was you know it was somebody who, in the undercard at ECW shows, who, who people really like uh, in Alex Colon. And he's like, um, he came out to uh, Danny Havoc's theme as well, which was a nice little tribute, which gave the, the show a nice little, it just gave it, like, as a final to the tournament and a, and a bit more emotion. And then he was yeah. out there, and what I thought was really clever is we're all waiting. Well, we all are saying me and the three other GCW fans who listen to this podcast are all waiting for Nick Gage to get back in the ring with RSP, RSP and kill him. 
I almost said RSPCA then, and kill him. Uh, that'll be a different <laughs> matter. <laughs> uh, but he can't right now because of his injury. So instead, he gets his comeuppance, and I think I thought it was a really smart booking that he gets it in a to- in a, just in a tournament. You know, he doesn't have to drop. He doesn't drop the belt, but basically, he went in there and he just got battered, and he got like there was the, these really great just casual. Um, like light tube shots from Alex Colon. He basically used every single light tube that was in the building and just battered RSP with it. Hit a Spanish plat fly. I think that was that was the finish at the end of the match as well. And just went okay. right through him and murdered him. And it was like cathartic watching this shitbag heel in a nice emotional moment with you know someone coming out and playing tribute to the to their friend. Um, you know for the match. And a nice emotional like final, um, and it was great. It was great to get to see. And RSP lost nothing from it because he's going to come back. He's going to get his heat back anyway. And we're going to get you know the Nick Gage match at some point down the road. But like as far as I know, you didn't love the uh, the RSP Gage match either. So you're probably not <laughs> going to love this either. But I, I genuinely thought there was a bit of a story to it, and I genuinely thought it was a a fun match that kind of yeah topped mm. off a, a show easy to watch for. A, you know, someone like me who can sit through this deathmatch stuff, but you know, a match that I think could could translate to people who who don't love the stuff either. And yeah, I'm looking at you, and I know I haven't sold you, but you know, I'm trying. <laughs> I, I'm, I I won't lie, I am kind of intrigued because I suppose it's it's just like it's I, I the comparison I always make on on this show, and I, I bore even myself with it, is is always with films and with different subgenres. Mm. And while there are genres that I just don't get, mm. like in my case, generally musicals, like or period dramas i don't posh people in love with someone who's slightly less posh and mm. they can they can't get married so they'll just stare miserably at each other and then one of them will die <laughs> in another loveless marriage i was like i don't want to see this while it's like you know it's just a waste anyway i digress yeah period dramas to death matches um this one, like you say, like, and it's and it's through you and your sheer war of attrition <laughs> in trying to kind of get me to have a look at it. I am intrigued because it feels like they're doing something right, mm-hmm. and it is clearly working. Obviously, it's not working on me, but I'm still interested at the same time as why it's working. So I can see myself watching that main event. I may well turn it off after five minutes. That's also a possibility. Yeah, I, I think you know as far as deathmatch dudes go, Alec Colon's a good worker. Like he's, I think he's won the, this is the second tournament mm. in a row. He's won. He's got a great theme that he usually uses the uh, that two pack theme from above the rim, which always makes him a baby face in my uh, in my <laughs> eyes. But yeah, I wonder whether if you watch this match, you'd uh, you'd see any, anything I saw. But yeah, I, I what did you see of the uh, the Jimmy Lloyd show? What have you seen of that? That that seems like more up your street as far as GCW goes. It was kind of yeah, it was kind of more of your traditional like kind of um the the stuff that was on there like ar fox versus cole radrick at the start Mm. which it it wasn't really great but i mean ar fox kind of looks very good but at the same time it was really quite scruffy and the rest and Mm. and he just looked like a kind of different level it's kind of cole radrick who's Mm. like kind of clearly one of their guys but that's what he's there for the chris dickinson lee moriarty match which I don't know. It 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 just didn't feel. Like, I just didn't connect with it at okay. all, and I don't know why that is. And maybe because I like Chris Dickinson, but I don't always like him. If that mm. makes sense, there's still times where I see him where I'm perhaps not as interested. And 
Is that the booking, maybe? Because he is kind of just... He goes out there and he has matches and then he cuts a little impassioned indie promo afterwards and then he goes home. Yeah. Yeah. There is. I'm, unfortunately, I don't know why. It's just like... I don't want to say indie carrion cross. That's an awful <laughs> thing to say. But there are these kind of... Weird, he's better than carrion cross. But there's a kind of like... It's an extension on the same thing, is it not? <laughs> like, <laughs> basically, just without that, that fucking... Um, egg timer bollocks. Anyway, <laughs> again, I don't. Yeah, so that what I don't know why. Maybe other people really liked it, but it's just not something that really connected with me. I did enjoy Blake Everett, Andrew, uh, um, Blake Christian versus Andrew Everett. I did too. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I thought that was that was really good fun. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly like the kind of seven foot stuff on there. Um, I like Blake Christian mm-hmm. as well. We mentioned him before with with Alex Zane, and sometimes I think. I suppose because Alex Zane's got that kind of better look, it's easy to kind of focus on him. But really, like like Blake Christian, I say as well, in that New Japan Strong show was was good. And here, this was like bloody good fun and what you'd want from a traditional GCW show. Mm-hmm. Then I then it came on to the death match with the AJ Gray one, and I basically didn't start watching it, but I did listen to some of Nick Gage on commentary. Really animated, wasn't he? Like really surprisingly animated. <laughs> yeah, he's not here. He's not, you know, he's just a, a regular. He's like it's like Scott Steiner. Remember when he used to do commentary for TNA sometimes, mm. and he just completely <laughs> dropped the Scott Steiner voice and was just a regular dude. Uh, it's all the work. I reckon Nick Cage is just a nice man. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and I can see why you turned up at that point. Um, so you, di- you didn't see the main event then? You didn't see Joey Janela no. and Alex Zane? It was messy. It was. It was all right. It, I gave it. I, I gave it three point two five. I don't think the show is on Grapple yet. Obviously, Garrett's uh, sunning up in Portugal, so I'll, I'll wait for him to come back to throw my star ratings in. Um, that's the thing about GCW shows, though. Like as much as I enjoy them, do I ever really go above four stars? I don't, to be honest. Um, no. And it's rare I get near four. Uh, <laughs> a lot of the time, like this was, you know, it was sl- Sloppy in not a, not in a bad way. <laughs> I don't know how to put it, but mm-hmm. it was it's Joey Janela. You know, it's it's GCW style Joey Janela going out there and trying to kill himself and kill his opponents and use a ladder along the way um, and do silly dives into the crowd. There was a great spot where um, Alex Zane did a, a suicide dive to the outside, and you know, like the um, the Benoit Jericho spot with the chair where. Um, I think it's Jericho, isn't it? Swings the chair at Benoit's head as he goes mm. through the suicide dive. He did that, but with a flip with a topic on Hilo. So he hit the back of um, Alex Zane and Alex Zane hit the flip. Like the timing in something like that is just unreal. Um, and that's what Alex Zane offers you in, in a match like this. Um, but yeah, you know, a lot of stuff built around the ladder, a lot of stuff in the crowd that, you know, wasn't particularly cohesive, to be honest, as a match, but, you know, fun. Um, and that's, yeah. That's GCW for you, really. It was just a, it was a fun, if not sloppy match, um, where you know Zayn got to look good, um, Janela, you know, gets to go over, and everyone goes home happy. Um, yeah, uh, so I don't know. I, I, to be honest, out of the two main events of the weekend for GCW, if I was going to push you to watch one, it might actually be that death match because uh, I feel like it okay. have a story to it as, as much as a, a death match can have a story. Um, but still, you know, it was fine. It was fun and. Yeah, I quite like GCW being on these uh, on these big weekends. It's just a nice little thing to, you know, while I'm moaning about there being too much to watch, uh, mm. even when it's, you know, 
it's like I say, it's 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 always gonna be three stars or so, and it's always gonna be an easy watch these GCW shows. Mm. So I am kind of glad that the uh, they they pair down quite well with uh, these big WWE weekenders. You know what you're going in for mm. when you're getting them as well, and they fill a void mm. and they provide something different mm. from what others are doing, and in a sense, like that's good, and it doesn't always need to be aimed at us, but it's kind of good for the industry if that makes any sense it's kind of good for independent wrestling there's already people that are coming out of this that are getting noticed mm. um you know people you got much larger companies who are paying attention to they're doing stuff right as well mm. and like you say they're, they're kind of the one thing that they excel at in the u.s compared to like anybody else i do mention like the u.s in particular is that in Nick Gage and Ricky Shane Page not likely to have them two signed away? No, <laughs> anytime soon. So that gives them a formal basis, but they've given you at least a reason to care about them. Mm, yeah, and, and that's and if dudes get taken away, they're gonna find the, the next Ben Carter or yeah. someone like that and bring them in. That's what they know what they are in the grand scheme of things, and yeah, that's, yeah, it's always enjoyable. If I could give one very quick shout before we move on to yeah, the final yeah. thing, just that ring announcer from Black Label Pro. I don't oh. know why it is. Is it Jay Rose? Is that his name? Yeah, he's he's great. He was on the he wasn't on the GCW shows, was he? He was on the last lot of GCW no. shows. Obviously, because he's off doing Black Label Pro. But like, I, I really like. I love the way he um, gets into he's all dancing. the entrance themes and stuff. Like, and he's rapping along and singing along. He's he's a lot of fun. Like, he got some grief on Twitter from um, another ring announcer like uh, a couple of weeks ago, which I thought was kind of it was that. Uh, but but like he's he's very good. Like I enjoy him in, in the role. Yeah, he always adds something to a show for me. I was gonna say he adds something mm. and he doesn't take anything away from the wrestlers. If anything, he makes you more interested in their entrances. And judging mm. by how the wrestlers react, mm. the kind of key pe like part of the key people, mm. it gets them a bit more pumped up as well. So like, you know, speaking of which, I remember him dancing, was it um Snoop Dogg pump pump? someone like that on one of the GCW shows and he was losing his shit mm. and he made me feel like losing his shit as well to it I was like yeah go on there young fella <laughs> love him um, yeah. but yeah I suppose the uh, the only other indie show that we uh, we have to talk from this weekend is uh, the last the indie second show elephant in the room yep is uh, the Rev Pro show <laughs> that did take place as well and we did both watch it um, yeah you know I know a lot of people boycotted it and I understand why and i'm not gonna you know say that anyone mm. shouldn't do that and i'm not saying that anyone shouldn't watch it either um or work it to be honest um it is it's <laughs> it's a difficult it's not situation. our decision to make is it no it's a difficult situation it's mm. the show shouldn't really be happening you know rev pro yeah. and we've been through this and i went through it on bwe as well don't want to litigate it again but you know rev pro have you know they've jumped the gun a bit. They really they needed to do more as far as making, you know, putting assurances out as far as you know dignity at work and safeguarding policies and all that stuff. Which you might say is just words on paper, and I probably said that myself. And it kind of is really, but you know, minimum stuff really. It's not that hard, is it? Um, yeah. I feel like they could have done a better job of baby facing themselves going into this weekend. Um, Neil David wrote an incredible review of this show on Voices of Wrestling where he goes through the issues with that and the fact that, yeah, I think, I, like, I think like we said on BWE as well, I think there's a real trust thing with RevPro that's gone for a lot of people. Um, rightly or wrongly, as we've talked about, they've become the biggest heel in, in Brit Res um, when there are 
you know, other serious cases with other serious promotions. But I think RevPro have got to take some a lot of blame for the way they've kind of rushed into things here. And, you know, just, I don't know. I think that if anything, they've kind of gone, ah, fuck it, we can't please people, so we're just going to get back to running shows. Um, and we're going to do a show that probably features Osprey as well, which, uh, which winds a lot of people up. Um, but yeah, you know, you don't have to listen to this review if you don't want to hear about it. Um, I understand that. You know, we to be honest, we talked about NXT earlier, and Velveteen Dream was on that show. You know, um, yeah. wrestling, you know, is it, it's hard to take. I think a moral stand in wrestling is always going to be difficult, but you know, whatever people's line is, I get it. Um, yeah, but as a show, I thought it was fine. I thought I actually thought it was the best presented I've seen Rev Pro in a while, um, if ever. Um, it was dark still, but I thought the actual video quality yeah. was good. They spent 15, 20 minutes on it, so the, which was way too much, but I enjoyed the faux UFC Andy Quilden standing in standing cage side with Rob Lias, you know, running down the matches type stuff. Again, should have been mm. probably... 10 minutes shorter than it was um some of the wrestler promos before matches weren't great but they did a good job of adding stakes to it um yeah i would say overall i thought the presentation was really good there were a couple of audio issues my i don't know if it was just me on fight but it was out of sync for me um at least at the start uh so rev pro is always going to rev pro unfortunately but <laughs> yeah i did think you know and it's going to get completely lost this weekend because of all the things that they've done wrong um, but I did think it was actually, you know, for a two-hour show, it was it was a well put together show, and it's it's a, you know, it is a good concept. Yeah, yeah, and I completely agree. And again, it's you know just to kind of add on to, to some of the things that you you said at the start, and it, it, it's it's not about creating an argument about this. I understand people are going to have their lines, and they're going to decide as consumers as the choice that we all have that this isn't a product they're going to support. Um, and some people are, and there are going to be, you know, these are completely individual choices that people need to kind of make themselves. Mm. Um, and obviously again, it's very tempting to kind of go into a rant about it, but that feels like the kind of thing that's, you know, people, people are voting as well with the, with the, with the grapple ratings. There's some dude who literally went through and gave every match on this show, 0.25 stars. Um, Did, Did he watch NXT though? I think he did. And SummerSlam. But anyway, uh, uh, yeah. People, people about people, uh, mm. people express themselves. I'm, I'm not sure Gareth will love that, but people are expressing themselves with the show uh, as they see fit. Yep, they are. And again, it's what well, it's free will, isn't mm. it? And it's what you as the consumer do. Mm. And we all might kind of make these choices. And it, it comes on to a point uh, uh, Jamesy has sort of said to us recently, which is like about the ethical and moral consumption of wrestling mm. and post speaking out. Is that something that you're, you're kind of switching off, you know, and these are kind of decisions that are kind of made a lot of the time. So if you might think, for example, um, believe it or not, someone who loves American politics, I've never watched house of cards. Um, there is that idea. Now people won't go back and watch it because of, because of Kevin Spacey. And they're the kind of, that's decisions. a hard thing to do with film and TV though. I mean, it God. is, I think wrestling and it bad. is yeah and then when we get into wrestling for that as well i mean football. chase owen yeah yeah there are oof, who scored the, the the story of the winning goal scorer in the champions league final yeah in and of it yeah in and of itself um so it's complex 
and messy and the answers aren't really binary good and bad here it become it's 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 a messy kind of strange set of affairs and like you mentioned earlier i would say to everyone read the article by neil david kind of nailing the context that this show is happening in Mm. and why that context is actually what a lot of us have a problem with and what people have a a problem with um but what but I've, I've, it's like it's crossed over as well. I didn't really. We're, we're probably not going to give it the full review. Of this I'm going to review this on BWE mm-hmm. as well. But like, it crosses over into like I have seen. You know, okay, there's some bias here because you know Steph Chase is a frequent guest on this show, and she was on the show as an interviewer, um, and she mm. felt comfortable doing that. And I'm not going to question her decision. You know, Aaliyah James is someone, as I mentioned last week, is somebody who you know was a victim um, in the speaking out movement i don't we don't need to go into that case but she's felt you know comfortable working this show and you know needs the work and i know people don't like hearing that but that you know that is her decision to make and the other women on the show it's their decision to make whether they class what osprey has done with the same severity as some of the other even more serious cases i didn't like when it crossed over into that like i think yes I i think dan maloney created the rob for his own back by being so so vocal with speaking out and then to some people you know it's a betrayal he's worked the show with will osprey but i don't know these are grown-ups who it's they like it's like the it, andy, it's the andy not... thing mate it, it's yeah. i i don't yeah. i can't say this enough like if it was me i wouldn't do it i wouldn't put osprey on the show but i can't say it's completely insane for someone to look at the information in front of them and go I'm comfortable putting Will Ospreay on the show. I don't, you know, I'm looking at this and saying there isn't enough new information for me to to take that. And I know Mm. you disagree with that personally, like I do. You think, and you've said before, haven't you, they should strip him of the belt. But I don't think it's an insane decision for them not to do it either. Um, I I thought of that because I kind of viewed the title belt as a captaincy in, say, football. Yeah. And that as, as the figurehead of the promotion, you're kind of the captain. Yeah. And do you lose that? It's not to say you can never can't get it back, but there's an element where you've kind of broken like rules or a code of conduct. And obviously this is a lot more, you know, this is tied up with things that are a lot more serious than that. But that's kind of how I viewed it. It's not that there isn't any kind of redemptive process, but it, and it's kind of mainly a, it's a, as much as anything, that's how I always kind of used, viewed it. Sometimes like, you know, you've, you've mentioned it before about, about you know some wrestlers working this show getting people dming them and stuff like that which yeah. is absolutely sc- scummy people proudly me. putting on twitter that they dm'd a, a victim to give them one four for working this show i mean yeah and it, i know i know and you lose hope at that time and you lose faith because all of the energy is completely misdirected yeah in my opinion like and that's the politest way of putting it that's just downright fucking horrible. Mm. Like, really is. When is that ever a good idea? And I suppose this is the point, is, is those wrestlers have to kind of live this. Mm. And for a great deal of us, we don't, in the sense that we are fans and we will have a life, but they're kind of their lives are wrapped up in this as well. And so the decisions that people are going to make in regards to their careers and what they do work-wise they're not always going to have nice clean cut answers for it, but I'm the kind of person who I don't, I don't, 
I don't think there are a lot of nice, clean-cut answers for things at times. Mm. I think life's incredibly fucking muddy and messy and horrible, and there are various things like this. But it's easy to be someone telling someone else you shouldn't compromise on this and this and this when you yourself don't actually have stakes invested in this. That's an incredibly easy thing to do. And I think that's something to be wary of. And I'll always bring it back to, like, I know it's, 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 it's not the point. And I don't mean to deflect away from the things about ref pokes. Like, yeah, I agree. Like, it's the idea of these shows existing that, that, that really is kind of the crux of the problem. But, like, I saw an NXT UK thing. Um, oh, yeah, that's coming back. How did we not cover and that in the first hour, Jeremy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big and news, that. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, massive news. Um, like, and again, and I've said this before, there are so many questions about that and questions about what's happening with people who weren't and were not focused in that promo video back as well. And, and at times it feels like, like these are the kind of bigger things that we're kind of forgetting. We've got a it's fresh a set of new allegations this weekend, JP. Like, yeah, you know, uh, th- that is, yeah. I mean, that's, I, I didn't really get any focus either. Like this is, um, you know, I just feel like that is the stuff. I don't want. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not gonna quantify where people's anger anger should be uh, and where it shouldn't be. I think. Yeah. I think you're you're onto a a bit of a loser there. But like I say, Jessica mm-hmm. Jessica Hyde this week. You know, this weekend, who's a photographer in the northwest, made a slew of allegations against a whole host of names um, in wrestling. Um, believable allegations, especially you know, considering my knowledge of the Northwest wrestling scene. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's hard, isn't it? Where, where, do you, where do you direct your energy? Um, yeah. Who are we to say? Um, exactly. What What did you think of it as a show? As a show, I thought it was fine. I think there's some interesting kind of booking things that I think are going on. Hmm. I think there's like a very clear kind of new set of wrestlers that they're really going far behind. And I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of these tapings, we end up with a very kind of different set of champions across the board um, by what happens, um, what happens on here. But there are like a lot of it was quite messy and quite scruffy. Mm. Um and I still haven't seen. Actually, I must confess, I haven't seen the opener. Oh, and the it's really good, you know. Robbie Axe and Connor Mills, like they're the real yeah. good opener. I really enjoyed that. And that was probably. A, uh, and we really like Robbie X on this show, don't we? He's great, Robbie X. He's he's yeah. he's your perfect dude for matches like this, where you know he is. So he is your, He's in there against the Connor Mills. He's going to bring anyone up to his level who's not at his level, um, yeah. and he's dependable. He's gonna go out there for you, and he's gonna have a match that you know it's not gonna be a five star match, but it's it's gonna be at least a three star match. I went three point two five on it, um, mm. and it had to pace this thing as well as an opener that that really worked for me. Um, yeah, and and that's in an empty arena as well. To be honest, that is that is one positive mm. of the show. I I did think they did a good job of giving the empty arena atmosphere, and I think 
the loud commentary kind of been pumped in, which I think was done in post because Andy Q was uh, transporting himself into that ring, that ring quite uh, quite quickly back and yeah. forth, wasn't he? <laughs> but you know that and having the two of them having seconds on the outside, as most of the people on the show did, apart from the contenders, like mm. added to the atmosphere as well. That was a good way yeah. to start the show, really, and give it. It felt like the show, a show that you know. It's basic. It looks, you know, this this is a show in a in a wrestling school with some black, you know, curtains over some of the uh, the, the background. Um, but mm. it, 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 and it certainly could have easily been a dead show um, as far as atmosphere goes. That was a good way of starting the show and giving it some atmosphere. So yeah, I would uh, I would recommend actually going back and seeing that. Okay, I would. So I joined in from sort of Newman Maloney, mm. which is quite an odd. Things happen like Newman's only seventeen, but and we saw him do that wrestle talk. Russell Talk free uh, no fans show mm. and then he seems to in that time got quite jacked and quite built up and you mentioned earlier on about um, uh, Ben Carter having a touch of the Ospreys mm. as well in terms of the wrestling skull it was something here that they were clearly going through with mirroring of having Osprey seconding him as well mm. um, but like and Newman's got real talent on there it looks like Maloney's kind of shed a good bit of weight Mm. as well like he's not they were like kind of similar sized and it was scruffy but at the same time it was it was fun and it was lively and kind of never got very it never got dull and so i i kind of i think i would would about three stars on that one yeah i went through that as well i thought that was fine um yeah there was like you mentioned about the kind of overall I found with the the women's matches were interesting in particular, like I not good. <laughs> I mean, I gave them both no. two stars. Like, <laughs> no, I think I was slight. I might have been slightly high. I might have been like two and a half on both. Mm. I thought. I thought the second. I thought. I thought the main event just went went too long. Yeah, Giselle Shaw, Jamie um, Hater, and it was past the two hour mark at that point. That was this yeah. show should be under two hours. I know it didn't go much over, so it's not the end of the world. But yeah, I was no. kind of looking at my watch a little bit at that point. I think GCW was about to start as well. Yeah, yeah. And um, were you there for Giselle Shaw, Tessa Blanchard? Yes. When she did that as well. I mean, which I know. I mean, Tessa Blanchard. There's there's lots of issues there, but in terms of in ring, she is very very good. And they had a they had a hell of a match together. So you know she can be kind of risen to that kind of level. I just found it interesting from a storyline focus that it kind of took up as much of the show as anything else. So it's very clear about building Aaliyah James as someone they're going with and having her have the shock win. And, you know, she's very young. So she's only kind of learning and developing. But there's presence there. There's that kind of underdog charisma there. There's stuff there that I get the appeal mm. um it's just where she it's just working with as many people as she can do and obviously that's something that not many people are able to do at all mm. um but yeah for those matches i like yeah i didn't think they were particularly good but i will say i mean other than the main event really feeling like it dragged for me it's not like i massively discussed you know God, they were both better than the Fiend versus Braun Strowman. Let's make no fucking mistake. I am just looking. Ian Hamilton gave you know either either the great review on four one one of the mm. show and uh, had some really good points in his review about the current landscape. He went four stars yeah. for that main event. Maybe he's seen something I didn't. Um, yeah, you know, just a match for me, really. But yeah, it would be the first time that Ian's probably seen something that we haven't. <laughs> in, that in is fairness true. So yeah, he 
he's really he's excellent like that um <laughs> but yeah i mean it, it's and i suppose we've kind of avoided you know the tag match in and that of itself was, that was really good like that i, yeah. I don't mind you know yeah, yeah three, three and a half was. stars i gave it they did a really good job i mean there's a lot of people listening who are never going to watch this and i get it but you know, yeah. you'll have to believe me. They did a good job of basically the the match was built around Kyle Fletcher's Osprey's number one contender. Um, is oh, we're looking forward to Kyle Kyle Osprey. So they've both got tag team partners here. Uh, and Ricky Knight Jr. is supposed to just be the other dude. This Kyle's partner, isn't he? And wouldn't you know it, he actually gets the win. I I really mm. thought that was some really simple, clever booking. Like that was it, it, you. You've still got your Kyle Osprey match. And then you've now got a Ricky Knight Osprey match and probably a Ricky Knight Kyle Fletcher match that you can do at some point. Yeah. And probably a match with Michael Oku mixed in as well. That's the, uh, at that, some point. It's the unification match on the next show, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it? of course. Yeah, that's the next one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there you go. You got that too. Like, that is, that's really smart booking. Um, and they put the rocket on it. Yeah. It yeah. looks it looks like with Ricky Knight Jr. in particular, they're just sort of, they're really putting the rocket on him. Mm. And that's who they're going with because they always made, it was made mention a lot in commentary of his increase in size. Mm. Um, but this was, you know, there's it, it, not really much more we're going to say. Like you mentioned before, some people people are, are just going to not going to watch it as a match in the ring. It was it was spectacular in the sense of lots of kind of stuff happening. There were lots of times where people were slipping and kind of slight mistakes and the rest of it, which is going to happen if people mm. haven't had kind of matches under pressure. Mm. Um, for, for so long um but yeah it was that was kind of really the the focus of the evening is is that it was it was going on to the kind of new crop of people that they're going to go with and and i can see why they're going to go with ricky knight jr yeah and kyle fletcher who looks like say about a yeah. stone heavier and maloney mm. as well is in the mm, in, in the, the stuff there with osprey and mm. i think by the end of these tapings i wouldn't be surprised if if they've taken the belt off on Osprey, and I know it's it's been announced, I think, and these things can change. But in September, yeah, Japan is open to people who've got the work visas and and work permits. I think I think that's going to be it with Osprey. I think it. To be yeah. honest, if I if I'm not I'm not in the position to be given him advice, but like he probably should should have just sat it out and gone to Japan because. He's going to be on these new Japan shows, everyone, and there's going to be an yeah. you know, there's going to be an issue there for people. Um, how exactly they they deal with that, and if you know the same vitriol that this show got um, happens for New Japan as well, um, I guess we will yep. see. Uh, but yeah, honestly, I, I, again, I'll, I'll probably do a more detailed review on BWE in a, in a couple of weeks. But it was a fun show; it really was. Um, and, and a it, shout out for Steph as well. Yes, yeah, it good wasn't job, yeah. served well by by the audience. Yeah, We're sucked, obviously yeah. heavily heavily biased, mm. you know. Full disclaimer, but I really like the idea of having someone there just to give you a kind of quick twenty seconds update of why you should care about this match. Mm. Um, at times, it was difficult to hear. Yeah, because that was the problem. of yeah, but that's just kind of like there was a lot of kind of general audio problems. Mm. But um, like you say, it was those things around the presentation that are better. Yeah. you know stuff we've been shouting at them for, to do for how many years and they do it yeah. now when the least people at least in the bubble possible want to actually watch them um yeah. that is the story of rev pro yeah uh i don't know anything more on that the uh, did, you, did you watch anything else i can't imagine you did that was a that's a lot of stuff for you weekend. japan's strong oh you fucking did of course you did the final yeah <laughs> kenta won okay there's a fucking surprise <laughs> There's your review, Kenton. One, thanks. It was everyone. all right. 
it. Yeah. <laughs> there is. I will probably save that for next week. I okay, think we'll do a catch up. Because yeah. <laughs> we'll be talking New Japan next week anyway with, their, with the Jingu show. Mm. So, like, yeah, that's Christ knows what that's going to be like. Mm. Yeah. There you go. We'll probably want to rabbit on about New Japan Strong for a good hour and a half to perhaps take the taste out of that one. There you go. New Japan special show. Um, so you can stay tuned to that next week. Um, yeah, anything else from you, JP? Anything else you want to mention? Before we go, I suppose the uh, the roundtable again uh, coming up this yep. week. Roundtable this week, um, recording on Friday, so hopefully you should be up early on Saturday. Early as in, depending what time I'm up. There you go. Um, <laughs> where does really grapple is. is, where does spotlight, sorry, is whatever time I go to bed. So like, if you see this yeah. getting posted about half three, that means that's what time I went to sleep. Um, but I haven't got to yeah. go to work tomorrow, mate, because I haven't had my test back. You know, my... Uh, Still not. I, I, I could I could be dying here, mate. But it'd be my own fault for eating, eating out too much on the uh, the Tories' fifty uh, percent off plan. Uh, well, it might be your super strain has contaminated the entire place where they're doing the results. <laughs> like the beginning that. of twenty eight days later. <laughs> and I am patient that's what zero. It's building up to yeah. Uh, exactly. You're patient zero. I've just got a cold, JP. That's all it is. It's fine. Bit of man yeah, flu. I'll live. Uh, <laughs> I, other than that, I'm also recording because I'm busy. B. Um, with uh, Davey Portman and, and Braden Harrington um, mm-hmm. for up next and their best Amazing. of series and a best of T- and a best of uh, the TNA X division and I stress TNA in that. Oh, I look forward to yeah. listening to that. I love Braden and Davey like they are. Yeah. And as far as things we want to do with this podcast going forward, I would say family. They are role models uh, in that degree. They've built a hell of a thing with their uh, their little up next universe. Um, so, Workhorses, aren't they? I'll tell you what, mate. They don't stop. Um, and that'll be me. Yeah, that'll be me and you soon. We haven't got Joe to to, uh, to talk some sense into us. Fuck knows what the uh, the coming months are gonna gonna do. Uh, what, we'll see. I, I will always say the Twitch stream is something that could also be our downfall. Yes. Like there's there's always that possibility. Here you go. Well, more on that next week, uh, and more on yeah. our plans as uh, as Gareth comes back from Portugal and uh, and we put some uh, some things together for future. And yeah, I know we again, like we said at the top of the show, we know it's a big change. We know people are gonna yeah. are gonna miss Joe, but hopefully they join us and miss, wishing him well. And you know, at the bottom of it all, he is one of our best mates. And you know, we're uh, yeah. uh, there's more important things than uh, than podcasting. Um, but yeah, I'm sure he'll uh, appreciate uh, that people are gonna miss him. Uh, but yeah, other than that, like I said, we'll be back next week with the show, obviously covering. New Japan heavily. Um, download the Grapple app. I'm sure most people have already. Follow the Grapple app on Twitter at Grapple app. Follow Grapple Gareth on Twitter. You might get a couple of holiday photos. Uh, follow JP at JPJP and follow me at Benson Richard E. But yeah, that's it for us for another show. We'll see you all again next week. Bye, Joe. <laughs> Bye, Joe. Drops fall, and the beauty of it all is when the sun comes shining through to make those rainbows in my mind. When I think of you, sometime, and I want to spend some time with you, just the two of us. We can make it if we try.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.